Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of the women. That is good. That is good. Flying Monkeys Wargaming Podcast, where Wargaming was easy, it'd be your mom. Uh, double-sized episode this week, so double stuff, man, full of uh, full of things. Uh, first part is me and Ward Watts. We talk about our experience at Midwest Conquest, and we talk about this coming weekend where we're going to probably our last GT of 9th edition, and that is Branson Brawl. So we're both looking forward to Branson Brawl, we both had a good time at uh, Midwest Conquest, so we just took the opportunity to chat about it, chat about our games. Hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, Ward's a good dude. And the second half is uh, Dan, myself, Sean, and Scott. We talk about the U.S. Open, playing in the teams, 10th uh, edition links and rumors, and uh, you hear some of Dan's Eldar salts, uh, precursory to Bug Eater, banning, uh, banning the Eldar for 10th edition. So since he's created a fire on the internet, you can kind of hear where it all started. So it's kind of a, a unique take, but... It's good listening to. Also, if you have not, please go to wizardsict.com. Check out the used miniature section. Uh, if you use uh, use code I love Bam, you can get fifteen percent off. But don't tell anybody about that. Just go, just go use it. Get the used miniatures. Get them shipped out to you. And also, Misty Mountain Gaming Dice. Use code Flying fifteen for fifteen percent off discount. And Snarky Sayings. If you go to Ben Spears and Snarky Sayings, use code FLYING10. You get 10% off of all their gaming aids and gaming products. Uh, so some good deals out there for you if you look for them. We do appreciate you guys supporting the podcast, supporting the, supporting the sponsors, keeping this train rolling. So there is about a break, uh, an hour some in. And uh, whenever it's done, me, Ward, and myself are done talking. I'll break in a little bit, and then we'll get right into the second part of the episode. Uh, so it's double stuff, double length. Hope you guys like it. I will shut the hell up. Here's the episode. Flying Monkeys Wargaming Podcast, where for gaming was easy to be your mom. Uh, main host, Bam. Uh, it's kind of an offbeat or a different episode this time. Uh, we're going to go back and go through Midwest Conquest GT and then talk about Brands and Brawl. And to do so, I bought my boy, um, Vanilla Position, or the Vanilla Ultramarines player, uh, Ward Watts. What's happening, Ward? What's up, man? And, Thanks for uh, having me. 
Yeah, no problem. And for those that don't know Ward, Ward's uh, uh, rocking, been rocking the Ultramarines. I think he dropped them for this last tournament. We'll talk about that later. But pretty consistent placings, pretty consistent podiums, and uh, making the, the Ultramarines work, which uh, you got to respect uh, someone who can can drive that main chick and, and get some success out of it. So uh, what's uh, you got anything you want to add to that, Ward? You just got to take uh... – What's that saying you have? Like you gotta take your date to the prom or whatever it is. Like dance with a girl. We're loyal to dance. We're loyal to our factions, baby. Yeah. So uh, speaking of that, we're going into Branson Brawl, and uh, I'm actually taking. I'm dancing with the girl I brought to the dance, and Ward's dancing with some other chick. Man, what's what's up with that? So Ashlyn's coming up with us, um, and I was like, man, I just sometimes you can play Ultramarines and and. And you know this from uh, playing Space Wolves for forever. Like sometimes you just got to play pretty sweaty or pretty close to the chest to like make sure all your units do what they do. Otherwise, you're just going to lose. And I was like, you know what? This is my last uh, ninth edition uh, GT. I just want to take something just big, stompy, chaos night robots and just push them around the table. So that yeah, sounds fun. Yeah, I refer to what you're talking about as skating uphill. It's that you're always skating uphill. And it's yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So let's go back to Midwest Conquest. Um, initially, uh, I guess, and, and this is, I, I do not want to come across as negative, uh, because I felt the tournament, the, the guys did a good job. So, any negative comment, um, in the overall scheme of things, it's a tournament I would go back to again. It's a tournament that I had a lot of fun at. And I was actually asked my feedback. So I gave this feedback to the tournament organizer in person. So I'm kind of going to talk openly about some of it. But I don't want it to be perceived as like just trashing or negative on the tournament. Because I think it's the second year these guys have run it. You know, so for being the second year GT, you know, there's still mistakes that are made at my GT. And it's been around forever. You know, we, we still fuck up something every year. So, you know, you can't say that there's going to be a tournament without struggles or things that you learn that next year you decide to do better. And uh, Ward was in the club that I was, where you're playing Space Marines, which are not super durable anymore, you know, with uh, ninth edition AP being everywhere. And one of the big announcements day one was, uh, hey, everything's true line of sight. Nothing is uh, first floor blocking on the ruins. And then you heard a collective uh, scream as, as like, you know, it was like, like what? I don't know. Just all the players were like, "What the fuck?" So yeah, there was. What was, a, what was your a take on that? Pretty man? solid groan. Yeah, there was a pretty yeah. <laughs> solid groan across the hall. Um, you know, it, and a it, lot of us prepped for an event that we did not wind up at. Basically, to, to long story short, so well, and to and to piggyback off what you said, like you actually shared your feedback um, and a lot of your sentiments. I like we shared as a club too. Um, I think overall the the venue was fantastic. Um, did wasn't really that many issues, but it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you're given a player pack, right. And you have that information, you make list decisions, you make choices about what you're going to bring based off that information. Right. And yeah. I mean, where everybody's just kind of like you do right before round one, uh, hanging out, chatting, talking and stuff. And then um, T.O. comes over the microphone and is like, Hey, by the way, this is how we're going to do the tournament now. And we all kind of like, <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> man, I want something different. Yeah, and that's my thoughts too. Was I would have probably, I would probably played a lot differently as far as list goes if I'd have known that, because uh, some of the train was a bit not suited for true line of sight. You know, it, it, some of the pieces were pretty dinky to be 
you know, counting his runes and, um, you know, also on that note too, if you put stuff in your player packet, like, you know, best overall is going to be battle points, things like that. You know, you need to probably stick to that because there's a lot of people that, you know, if they know they got a loss, but they can still spike those battle points and they're going for best overall, they're still going to play, you know, different ways they would. So make sure what you're doing when you're doing a tournament matches your player pack. You know, that's why player packs are so important. I used to joke about not reading them, you know, <laughs> and, or read them the day of the tournament. And uh, I've gotten a lot better about that in the past few years. So, you know, if you're running an event, those players are really dependent on you to give them good information because they're going to make decisions in regards to their hobby and their time and their prep based on that information that you put out. So it's super important that you, you know, get those things right. And, and I have absolute faith that those guys next year probably won't make those same mistakes again after talking to them. You know, I think they just didn't realize. So. Yeah. And, and a lot of times you just need a little bit of clarification. Cause like you said, we were after round five sitting together and they're like, Hey, I don't think they're doing win loss as, as how they're determining stuff is what do you mean? When they pulled up the, the player pack and it said specifically like just battle points was right next to each each thing. And I'm like, that's so strange because this would be pretty improbable. But like what happens if if you had if you went 0 and 5 and your opponent scored 100 points every game, but you scored 99. Right. Right. Like an 0 and 5, 495 point, you know, score like it ends up putting you in a podium. I was like, that's kind of odd. Yeah. But I ended up talking to Drew Newman. Um, after we played in round five, he goes, no, 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 it's, it's win loss. And then the tie break is battle points. And I'm like, ah, oh, okay. oh, okay. You know, so that makes sense. But, uh, but again, that's, that's just a small correction. It's just, you know, putting a little bit of information here, um, you know, so that you, um, so it's just a little bit more clear. And then the next thing too is, is, and it's a small gripe. Um, the guys joke with me that I'm, suffering from success but um i was i was like oh, okay cool like i didn't get first or second right but like i always try to because i'm by far not the best general that comes to these events like it's not and it's not even close but i'm pretty passionate about the hobby very much like you are brian like we were hobbyists that can that can play the game that can roll up to the tabletop and that, that always try to have good games like we always try to make sure that everybody's like we're just trying to be good ambassadors to the hobby so a best overall is by far in a way more important to me than any type of like uh best general or any type of placing right. like that and i had best overall at that tournament last year so i was, I was super yeah. proud of that you know it was well it's something to tip your cap to because like some people are, are really good at the game like i'll use i'll use dan as an example much to my chagrin but dan's really good right initially he wasn't really good at the hobby but he's kind of picking up, up his hobby game Right. But once you kind of hit that trifecta where you're good at the game, you're good at the hobby and people are like, oh, OK, man, I get to play like when I play you, Brian, like I know that we're going to have a good game. It's going to be a really tough game, but I know that that sportsmanship and that 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 player experience is going to be bar none, like top, top shelf. So um, I was like, cool, they're they're having a first place and second place. Um, so the moment that they did uh, best in faction space brains to one of the other guys in our club, Bryce Watson. I was like, oh, okay, I guess I got uh, maybe best overall. And then they're like third place, Howard Watson. I'm like, oh, I didn't even think they were doing that because it wasn't in the player back. Yet. But yeah. Anyways, I mean, that's just just a small, um, small thing. But um, I, 
I mean, I think everything was pretty well, pretty well good. The only the the thing, if you're going to do true line of sight, you can't have on those train pieces like the footprint was really deep. So you had to be three or four inches behind the terrain feature to even be out of line of sight where like normally you'd have like an inch or two section of, of the L's that you could kind of get real close to it and then jump out from behind it. But I mean, you were three or four inches behind the terrain piece, if not further on some tables, but they just, they just weren't big enough to be, they weren't big enough to do the thing. It's my opinion. Of yeah. it. Like you just, you need bigger ruins if you're going to do true line of sight. You know, it's like, I've got no problem. And, but again, it's thing. If I would have known that up front, I'd have probably maybe played a little different list. I'd have played an offbeat list with a couple more storm shields in it. You know, something where I had a couple involved saves. I knew I was going to get my pants shot off. Um, but, you know, I and we did. We kind of tried and true. Yeah. And I probably wrote tried and true dreadnoughts. But, <laughs> and one thing too, I, I, you know, I felt like we're getting, we're going through the bad and we'll get to the good. So we are going to finish this on a good note because it was a good tournament. Uh, one thing that bothered me, and I don't know why it still kind of bothers me, was the the disparity of terrain between the table number one on the stream and then the table with the rest of us, you know, people out there. And, you know, I was on table two twice. And one time I think they were going to put me on stream and I saw the stream table and I got excited because there was actually first floors blocking line of sight and like big buildings that I can go hide in. And then they're like, no, nope, you're going back to table two. And I was like, God damn it. Because the table well, that was, like, well, that was my fault too. Because Jason and I were going to play in round four, and he and we were sitting there talking with each other. He goes, "Hey, we're going to be on table two instead of table one. I'm like, "Oh, dude, that sucks for me." Because if if I have to stand in in the ruins and be able to be seen, I'm going to get blown off the table, and this isn't going to be a game. So I go up to Greg, the TO, and I'm like, "Hey, man, it's your decision." But this is kind of like going to bone me if if I can't or and, – and and here's the thing. I didn't actually talk to Jason about being like, hey, dude, can we at least have some first four blocks on the site? And that could have fixed that. But the being on table one, they actually had some of those windows that were boarded off. So yep. you actually couldn't see on the first floor, right? We were playing true line of sight, but if you can't, can't see through those windows, right, it effectively was first four blocks line of sight for some of those pieces of terrain. Um, if, if that had just been the expectation for the entire tournament, which a lot of us thought it was, or at least, yeah. at least for a percentage of the train, because we had talked to like, um, I can't remember who, who all, uh, from hogs of war that talked to some of the Kansas city guys, but they're like, when we played at the geekery, they're like one piece of your train is first four blocks line of sight. And the rest is just true line of sight. Right. So that was our expectation going in. So then when it was just everything was just true line of sight like that, you know, it, I took a mostly, you know, infantry centric list and, you know, in contrast to what I normally bring. And I wouldn't have brought that. I would have just brought stuff that's a little bit more durable and that shoots way harder because that would have been um, a little bit better on a train. But yeah, again, this I is think. more the this is more the the kind of nitpicking kind of. I wouldn't even call it bad because even that, like it was, it wasn't, it was a very well-run tournament and there was a few issues, um, especially for a, what was it? 68 person major or something. So, but I mean, we had a great time. Yeah. It was my first event being in Kansas city and my first player place to, 
uh, terrain event. So um, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Good. Yeah, I did too. The, the one thing that also happened I want to comment on was uh, they had a cheating incident um, where they caught a player who, who was sad as he was a Wichita local. Um, he was not a flying monkey. So that's the, the good part about it. He was not on my team. Um, but he was uh, basically shenanigans with the warlord traits he didn't have and stuff that was not in his list. Um, it, it magically popped up whenever he needed it. And he was what, like 4-0 before they caught him? And they went back and talked to all of his opponents. And I, I think he ran into Sean Dilly. And Sean Dilly caught him on some stuff. And yeah, was he like, was 3-0 God. and then played Sean in yeah, round four. 3-0 and then played Sean. And Sean caught him with it. And um, if you ever need an Astro Militarum resource when you're at a tournament and Kyle McCord is there, that that is your dude. <laughs> like That is the dude to go talk to. Um, and Kyle will freely give up that information and tell you what guard can or can't do. He's a pretty cool guy. And uh, I think Dilly and him were talking about a lot of the guard stuff. So Dilly, Dilly called shenanigans. Uh, they went and talked to his prior opponents and just basically booted the guy. So I, I give mad props to any TO who doesn't suffer no shit like that. Like they, yep. they'll just boot a guy if they caught him cheating. No slap on the hand and like, let's do better. It was like, go home. You know, you did this in four games. Bye. And so like, I want to best definitely applaud Greg and them for how they handled that. Like they handled it like a professional. And uh, like, that's what you should do when you catch cheaters at a tournament. You know, you shouldn't pussyfoot around. You shouldn't baby them. You know, you need to boot them out. So like, that was one good thing that I was proud of those guys for doing. Um, you know, the Midwest Conquest has kind of had a reputation for being like a softer tournament to some people. And uh, those guys didn't come across soft at all. Like they came across as like, we're, we're polite, we're cool. But uh, if you do something wrong, we will take care of it. And uh, so I was, I was pretty impressed by that. And I was, I was down with it. Um, well, you it, well that's match- how it needs to be handled too. But yep. Do you want to talk about your matchups at all? Or you want to, you want to go through that? Uh, uh, yeah, um, I can run through it pretty quick. Um, initially, uh, there was one repair um, in in round one. There was just a couple guys that weren't checked in. So initially, I was going to play Ultramarines, which I thought was funny, playing the Ultramarine Mirror in round one. <laughs> the irony. Um, I'm trying to remember what the guy's name was. Uh, but anyways, we had set up the objective markers and everything, and then they like repaired. I'm like, oh, man, it was nice to meet Tress you. Tress <laughs> Wolferful or Tress Wolferful, Salamander's player that he wound up playing? Uh, yeah, so I ended up um, – in round one, getting repaired into Salamanders. Um, and I think, I think he said it was Trey. That's how I, I that's how I'd pronounce that. Maybe the S okay. is silent, but he was one of the uh, um, Minnesota guys. I asked him if he knew like uh, um, the Weiss family or whatever from up there, like Mark and them. And uh, he said that he had heard of them, but I knew that that's kind of the, that area up there um, where the Warhogs are. Um, but no, man, that was, was a, I mean, it was a 98 to, to 68 point win. Um, but there was one kind of really goofy thing that happened. I had taken Gilman's Warlord trait so I could like have heroically intervening aggressors and the Judicar for a heroic and fight last. And I was like, well, I'm just going to bring like uh, three huge bricks of aggressors and see if that works on first four blocks line of sight terrain. Oops. Um, and Anyways, I told him, I was like, hey, man, these guys can heroically intervene into uh, into this model. It was that uh, Brayarth Ash Mantle. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's fine. 
He's like, I reduced damage by one, and I got a bunch of defenses and stuff. He's like, okay. So I roped into him, didn't kill him. I was like, cool, I'm probably going to have to transhuman so I don't just get myself killed. He hit all seven times, wounded all seven times, and through my psychic fortress, killed every one of those aggressors. Jesus. And, and I was like, oh, this is great. Um, but uh, that night, it like, didn't dawn on me until probably about three quarters of the way through the game that there wasn't a, a, a chess clock on the table and that we were using like the, a shared round timer. And I'm like, oh, crap. So I had to like stop chit-chatting and talking um, and kind of pick up the pace. But uh, managed to, to go 98-68 in round one, um, literally to time. Uh, everybody else was already at lunch. So I like stumble into the Mexican restaurant that y'all were at. Um, I had a cold beer and literally had to take my tacos to go. <laughs> To get back for round two. So that's already pretty stressful. Um, going into round two, I played a guy named Daniel Newland. Uh, he's from Lawrence, Kansas. He was a, a Jayhawk fan. So we kind of talked basketball a little bit because uh, Arkansas beat them in the NCAA tournament. Uh, pretty big upset. But dude was fantastic opponent. Like just absolute gentleman. Um, he ended up going first. I think he really wanted to go second. Um because that was abandoned sanctuaries. Um, so he had to kind of – he took oath a moment too, so he had to be in the middle of the table. So I let basically my entire army be in, be in, in range of uh, his big 10-man Terminator brick. Um, and I just was like, look, I'm just going to force a, a million two-up saves and hope that that does some damage. So <laughs> with Seal of Oath, man, rerolling all hits and wounds is so valuable. And yeah. the fact that like – Space Marines just get that in 10th edition. It's just going to be nuts, but that's another topic. But uh, So I ended up killing like a pretty healthy amount of his army in turn one with some land speeders, eliminators, um, uh, and various other shooting. And then he made combat in round two and then just didn't kill enough aggressors, and I just picked up the rest of his terminators. So all of his characters were standing behind there, and he goes, dude, you're going to kill all these characters, and it's probably going to be pretty well over from here so um i ended up taking that one 137 uh and then i ended up playing uh into kevin west one of your one of your flying monkey yeah comrades and i was pretty scared man botan is 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 already a tough matchup for marines um even more so because um i get a lot of value in old screens out of seal of oath and you can't right. reroll your one girl Right. So that's like the biggest strength of that. Cause I have access to that in a lot of different ways um, with stratagems and world traits and with Gilliman anyway to reroll to hit, but not to wound. That and specifically the two uh, land fortress build with beams is just something I just can't really deal with very, uh, very easily. I think he ended up getting first turn, um, which is pretty good for me because with the moment uh, with ball is really solid. Um, but I think I took oath, oath moment, shock tactics, and and march from a crag. So, um, being on that table on that first table, right, I was able to deploy in terrain behind the windows, and and I think I had a twelve on march from a crag in turn one. Uh, we'll turn two because that's my scores. But oath moment was already, you know, going hot, and um, there was a couple instances where. Where he was, uh, I think Kevin was just a little too aggressive um, with his bikes, 
to sticky objectives because it was death and zeal. Um, and when he did that, I was able to, you know, advance a land speeder or, or and use my desolation rings to kill kill bikes. So yeah. that he's oh man, yep. He goes, I just basically gave you four points for free, and I'm like, um, but. The, the big thing, and I think I had literally lost the game in turn one, I had advanced both of my aggressor spawns and rolled a one each time. And I was like, do I need to CP one of these? It's like, I probably not. So just literally like railroad track, just move these two aggressor line, like two uh, five-man aggressor squads right next to each other. And at his turn one, he goes, I'm just going to move here and shoot my beams at you. And he just picked up all 10 of them, <laughs> like 360 points, like – in two units, and I'm like, oh, quit putting oh, them in a row, Ward, <laughs> dude. I and, and that's I think that was my second or third time playing Votan. Oh, I learned, I found out yeah. for sure. Um, but there was uh, a couple other like just cheeky instances of getting shock tactics. I like advanced an eliminator squad, um, shot the sergeant's carbine because it's assault, and then moved another six inches, and because he had no opsec and only had two models on a point. So I got the three eliminators on it and stole it from him. So that was another four for shock tactics. But um, it was really close. Like at the end of the game, I had like 10 models left and his basically everything, like all of his Sagittar or no, he didn't have Sagittars. His land fortresses and like a couple other stuff was just, just rocking through the table, just killing everything it saw. Um, but I had just enough uh, alive to, to kind of win that late attrition game. And um Chaplain with Rights of War was still alive, so I was able to contest one of his um, lay claim objectives, uh, which was a big deal. But took that one ninety three to seventy one, and that was tough, man. I was I was not really expecting. I thought after I lost the ten aggressors in in round one that it was going to be pretty well over. Um, uh, round good. four, get well. Hang on, let me ahead. get through my round four. People probably hear, tired of hearing you oh, talk. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> fucking with you man uh so my round one i had a guy troy cole and uh, he was running black templars uh it didn't seem like an optimized black templars list compared to what i'm used to playing against and you know it was he was pretty he was stickler right out the gate so i was kind of worried that like it was going to be maybe a tough experience but we wound up having a fun game. I had a fun game, and uh, I wound up getting that one ninety three to thirty six. And I think some people sometimes uh, the space wolves are deceptively good at close combat. Like I think some of the people that play a close combat army, you know, they're used to not dealing with like fight first or fight last shenanigans in a lot of ways. They're used to like here's my powerful unit that's just been crushing all the shit, and then they throw it out there, and then when it's gone, they're like, oh, you know, and. There was a lot of that. I got a couple of heroics at key points that like made stuff fight in the order I wanted to fight, not in the order he wanted to fight. Thanks, baby. And uh, Ward waved at you. Oh, he did? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't realize you were talking to me. I was well, walking I really don't know who should, so. How are you? We're recording. I'm good. How are you? Sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm leaving that in. So... But yeah, it was. A, I just think I don't think he played into wolves a whole lot and didn't know what they could do, you know. And I and the way I do this, man, and I don't know. I'll ask your opinion on it. You know, the whole six inch heroic thing. Um, I usually give the announcement at the first of the game. I'm like, hey, anything in my army can can heroic six inches, and that's the last time I'm going to bring it up to you. 
Like it's just, I don't think that I should have to tell everybody the whole game, you know, every time they get close to my gimmick that I can six inch heroic intervene. And, um, it's free. If I use it on a character, it's one CP. If I use it on a unit and I usually put all that in front of the game and like, I'm not doing it again. It's not my job to like play you for your, you know, make sure that you don't get caught by my rules because you're not going to let me get away with, you know, an aspect scan or, you know, whatever, if, if I go do it in most instances. So I just, I give that disclaimer up front and I don't say it again. And he did, he rolled out and got heroic intervened a couple times cause he was just too greedy. And, you know, when I heroic intervene, you know, I usually throw some kind of fight last or fight first in the, in the mix. And then like, I'm just, right. I'm, I'm fighting more on their turn than they are on my turn and, or in that I am in my own turn in some instances. So, right. That game so, well. So, so Peyton and I have kind of talked about this before because I have something very, very similar. It's not, it's not five phase stuff, but in Overwatch, it's like, Hey man, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what defensive focus is and I'm going to explain it in detail. I can Overwatch with three units for two CP. And then I have another normal Overwatch, the core, core uh, rulebook stratagem that I can also do. So I can spend three CP and Overwatch with four units. All of it's going to be, it, it, as long as I do things correctly and I'm playing a clean game, everything's going to be within six inches. And usually if I'm playing like a Dreadnought build, if you're getting Overwatched by four Dreadnoughts, that's probably not good for you. Right. And I and, and again, like exactly like you say, I explain that in very, very good detail at the beginning of the game. And it really just depends. Um, I don't think that you have to, right? And and sometimes I, I think it's just game dependent and ter- and your opponent dependent because, like, and and this was a specific example, like for you and I when we played years ago. You're like, hey, don't forget that this this Inquisitor is a minus one to cast. This guy has a wolf blood talisman. This guy has this. Like, so you're going to be like minus whatever it was to cast. And I'm like, I appreciate that, Bam, but I still have to try to make this play. (laughs) And sometimes it, sometimes it's like that. You explain that to him and you're like, I know that, but if I don't do it, they're going to die anyway. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then they declare the charge and then I defensive focus it. But there's sometimes where I'm like, why do I even take Gilman's Warlord trait? Because I, 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 I tell people all the time, like, don't forget that can heroic, you know, don't forget that can heroic. And I mean, I said that in my, in my game one of day one, I'm like, don't forget, man, all these aggressors can heroic. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. I, okay. I mean, they died anyway, but right. <laughs> I don't think you have to. I think if you, I think that kind of social contract that you talk about a lot, if, if they know, ahead of time and you and you go into detail with it then i don't think you're obligated to talk about it later right like like, cool i'm gonna put i'm gonna push the clock over to me i'm gonna heroically intervene and i'm gonna fight you last and so i'm gonna fight first and they're like yep you did tell me about that right and like it's it's got to burn to learn is what what i say so hey pain pain is a good teaching tool man it's it's so uh so i had that game and then at round two, I got Nathan Martin, man. And uh, for those who don't know Nathan Martin, he runs Show Me Showdown. And Nate and I are, are good friends. We've been good friends for years. And I have never been paired up with Nate in a tournament. 
Uh, probably because he ends up on the kiddie tables in most tournaments. But <laughs> this dude brought a, a hammerfall bunker. <laughs> he brought a hammerfall fucking bunker. Dude, that's and, awesome. And managed to win round one. And uh, so we, we wound up playing, and uh, it was pretty cool. I uh, Dude, Desolators were doing some work. I went ahead and just popped him out from behind terrain, and I was just shooting super crack at any dreadnought that peeked his head out somewhere, and it was picking shit up. So I, I managed to kill Hammerfall Bunker, and like round two when all my Melta came on the board and started shooting vehicles, you know, it was it was all downhill. But I wound up getting that one ninety seven to fifty two. Round three was a guy Alex Vian. I can't remember what he played now. Uh, oh, Dark, Dark Angels. Angels. He, he had the, the line with the 15 uh, Desolation Marines. 15 motherfucking Desolation Marines. And they were they were giving me hell, man. I didn't think I was going to win that game. Uh, I kind of did uh, snatch victory from the jaws of defeat because he had me on the ropes. And he got too aggressive because he brought the line. And he rolled the line out to the middle of the board. And, like, the good thing about, like, jump packs with Combi Melta is one of the things I don't think people realize about my list a lot is, like, snipe characters. And I snipe a lot of characters because, you know, your movement 12, you can advance and shoot the Melta, you know, if you have to. So if you chapter master a unit, you know, advance it out there, put a lot of Melta shots into something, you know, it's a lot of times they, they can't screen well enough to keep all the jump packs out of where they want to go, so... Were you Do you something? need to? Can you king senses them to ignore the advance? I can. Them? I'm, I'm usually I'm usually too busy keen sensing the little no, no, things I, or the desolators yeah. to do that. But yeah. the other the other use for keen senses that I have, which it's weird because you have to play it on them in the shooting phase. Um, if you keen senses Wolfen with born heroes, they hit on twos with thunder hammers with double exploding sixes. So <laughs> I've uh, so when I've like known like so say like you know most night lists now are like one big night and like a bunch of baby nights and like I know that I want that that big night to go away. Akeen senses uh, Akeen senses the wolf and and like hit on twos and then if I I savage strike them for two C you know so it's two CP all together between uh, keen senses and savage strike. They're, they're hitting knights on twos and they're wounding knights on twos with double exploding sixes. So it's because they're strength 10, so they're normally wounding a knight on threes. And I was, was going to say, because they're strength five. Right. Base. So now you're, right. now you're hitting, yeah. knights, hitting knights on two and wounding knights on two. And you just, they pick up knights when you, when you get that combo off. And they can do it without the combo. It's just <clears> tight <throat> math. But it's uh, one use. So there's like multiple uses for keen senses that people don't realize. I also use keen senses sometimes. Like uh, uh, the custodies have their tanglefoot grenade. So if I know a unit's about to get tanglefoot grenaded, um, I can keen senses and ignore the. Because they ignore the. Yeah, it's sure. a, it says movement and shooting. So basically, that unit um, is ignores movement and shooting. Uh, I brought long fangs on and keen senses them. You know, and then like Tal will have like the thing that takes off your charge or whatever. And it's like, so I'll just charge with the long things because they're already keen senses and they'll just ignore the minuses to the charge. And you're still needing a nine, mm -hmm. but I pulled off that nine because it's like, it's like the orc thing, dude. You just got to believe. So That's exactly right. I tell people yeah. that all the time. Like, you just got to just, just when you need that 12, just say you're going to roll that 12. Yeah. Well, I, I played, I played Kyle McCord 
and I brought the long fangs on and I shot down the, the Rogel Dorn to where it didn't have many wounds on it. And I was like, fuck it, man. I'm going to charge it with the wolf and the long fangs. I made both fucking charges. And uh, the long fangs killed the Rogel Dorn before the wolf even got to him because I have a Terminator in there with a the Thunder Hammer and a dude in there with a the Power Fist. So, oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, but they do they do a lot of work. So Keen Senses has a lot of varied uses. And, you know, I think a lot of people don't. That's one of the benefits of, you know, dancing with the girl you brought to the dance. Like you talk about doing ultramarine stuff inside out. Like most people assume that you're using that Keen Senses on a shooting unit. And you're not necessarily doing that. Like there's, you know, like I said, if I know you, it's going to be hindered in a charge and I really need to charge off that turn. That might be where I throw the keen senses. If I have those wolf and I really want to kill a knight, that might be where I throw the keen senses, you know, and just sometimes I don't have to move my long fangs. Sometimes I don't have to move my desolator. So I really don't need the keen senses as much as we're all needed trying to do the, you know, the, the close combat thing somewhere down the board for something that needs to be picked up. And, uh, you know, you just learn that by playing something and having, you know, the flexibility of those strats doing more than people just assume they do peripherally. So, um, and then we get into day two. This is a, so day one, you and I both ended up three and oh, yep. And, uh, we had some pre-talk before this podcast. War and I joke, we haven't played a game together in like five years, four years. And we're always like one table away from each other. So I always joke about ducking, ducking each other, or ducking Ward. And, uh, it's always like this, two or three points. It's like yeah. the slimmest of margin. <laughs> And this this tournament was no different. Like we were one or two tables away from each other most of the event. And uh, going into day two, um, I think we were both top five. I think you were you were like one or two, and I think I was like three or four. But yeah. uh, this is where I proceeded to shit the bed. But uh, do you you well, so did I. first? <laughs> yeah, so did I. Um, so we we have a local player um, named uh, Ben. Uh, you'll definitely know who he is at a, at a tournament because he'll have his running shorts on. Those things are like, like all the way up his thigh. But um, he's our local Votan player. So I was talking to him and I was like, dude, what does all this do? Like, because we're at dinner, right? You know who you're playing in game four. And I'm kind of like, you know, tell me what all this does. And he goes, dude, he's got a lot of, he's uh, Merton is who I played in round four. He's got a lot of Sagittar. He's got a lot of bikes. Like that list can shoot. Um, and I was like, okay, well, you know, and I, I, I think I had a little bit of recency bias because, like, well, I was able to take Kevin down, right? So, like, and that wasn't – it was a difficult game, but I didn't feel like there was as big of a disparity as I had thought before because the secondary differences were so strong. Um, but, man, I just he, – he, he took Assassinate, which I think was probably a good play because I gave up – a 15. Uh, like I had a ton of characters in this list. Um, but I think it was, I think it was round two or round three or about around two or three. I made a like game losing mistake. I had screened out, <clears throat> I had screened out my backfield. I had uh, 10 desolators kind of in uh, because that table one had like a pocket where you could actually have first world blocks on a site. Had desolators like packed in there. They would benefit from Gilman's rerolls. Desolators are really good at killing Votan bikes. Just full stop. Like they are really good at killing Votan bikes. Um, and I, I was just chipping away, chipping away. Well, one of the things I decided to do was to move one of those desolator desolation marine squads out, so where they could be seen. Because I was like, I need to get my super crack online. 
Um, and then I had advanced a unit of infiltrators up into the corner um, of that building, kind of toward where his late claim objectives were sitting. So I'm going to stage these guys so that, because um, I had bottom of the turn, I can just literally advance these guys out onto his late claim objectives where he can't score them. Well, what I did is that I left that infiltrator-sized hole in the back for him to walk on because it was – yeah, because it – that was battle round two because in battle round three he walked in into my into my deployment zone off of the edge with his uh, oh what are those things called hearth guard whatever the guys with grass and they just right. killed everything in my back thundercan yeah the thundercan they killed um, they killed my desolation marines and I failed the morale check on the sergeant so that was minus one for oh, at the moment and then um, the infiltrators were just were just killed. So I lost five men infiltrator that I was staged up to try to interact with his, um, with his, uh, in game secondaries. Um, the desolation Marines died. The five man desolation Marine squad that I moved out died because they just do that. Um, and then I was like, cool, I got to put Gilman, um, you got to jump on Gilman's shoulders and try to win this game with him. And he just failed to kill Sagittar after Sagittar in combat. Just, like he'd hit all the times, and I'd be like, "Cool, I'm winning you on threes. And I just rolled six ones and twos, and I'm like, "Okay." And then, um, you know, kind of one of those things where you're talking about knowing knowing your army in and out. Like I always, always keep try to keep a CP for Gilliman's three up involm, and I had spent it, and and on the last wound that his last Sagittar did shooting in combat. That was a three damage, which is how many wounds Gilman had. I rolled a two and couldn't re-roll it. And he had already stood back up once. So I was like, well, Gilman's dead. And it just, um, I had, because, and, and also because I moved those infiltrators, I had to take in a, a big chunky man unit of aggressors, move them back. I spent a CP to, you know, do the, the two inch max uh res um for an aggressor to kind of shorten the length of the charge made a charge with them consolidated and wrapped another unit like i was like pulling every single trick out of the book and it just wasn't enough um and lost that one i think merton had 83 and i had 73 and then that was my game four tough loss because i made some huge mistakes i just felt like i gave the game away in um it was either the second or third battle round. Nice. Well, I, I had fucking Peyton. That yeah. Round, and uh, that bastard. I'll tell you what. I, <laughs> I you know, I, I just part of, the, I don't want to, I think if we had better terrain, it might have been a little bit different of a ball game. And uh, I don't want to take away from, from Peyton's play because Peyton, you know, played a hell of a game. I, I that mean, dude can just, play some Warhammer. Yeah, and, and he's beat me before. Good. He's beat me before with Eldar. Um, I beat him when he played Tal. Uh, but but Peyton is, dude. He's a he's a stellar player, man. He's a really good player. And you know, I don't think I lost a game by I want to say like seven points or something. I'm trying to find it here. But some of it I just couldn't. You know, he just had way more bodies than I could get. Oh no, I lost more than that. Jesus, ninety five seventy eight. I was thinking about my game with Kyle. But I just, I killed so much stuff and it seemed like there was still stuff. But the part of it was there was nowhere to hide. Like, you know, because yeah. 
you get on the ruin, they can see you because of true line of sight. You're off the ruin, they can move four inches and get an angle to shoot you anyways. So, like, it just, no matter where I went, I was getting shot by shit. And, you know, throwing crossfire tokens on everything. Like, Peyton's probably the first dude in the history of playing GSC that knows what the fuck a crossfire t- token does. You and know, he knows exactly and, how to line it up, too. And he uses it well. He lines yeah. it up like a billiards player and, and does the thing. So, props to him. But, man, the next time we play, I hope I whip his ass because I owe him a game now so we can get back to 500. Branson, baseball. baby. Branson, yeah, baby. I know. So, what's he? Is he playing GSC at Branson? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Oh, fuck him. So. <laughs> Dude, we, so the best part about the tournament, right, is like uh, I think Peyton walks in and after round four and he's like, you, you good, man? I'm like, yeah, I just I threw the game away. And he was we were talking about my game. He goes, well, I uh, ended up pulling it out against Bam, and I go, yeah. And he goes, yeah, I think somebody said they walked past him in the lobby, and he's like, Gene Steeler Corner, bullshit. <laughs> so we were laughing at that, dude. We were cracking up. but Because, dude, we we endure that all the time. I can't tell you how many times, like, you think the game is going good, and you're like, oh, wait, there's still, like, 60 units or 60 models in Deep Strike. Yeah, the, the thing about okay. that army, too, though, that I think is a problem, like, every – Every army, like, there should be a downside. I mean, honestly, like, it's, you should be able to, like, if you're going to shoot heavy weapons, there should be a penalty for shooting heavy weapons, or there should be, like, a minus whatever. And, like, that army, if you, you can avoid all the penalties to everything. So, like, you know, it's, like, cool, that thing might be, you know, weapon skill four, but it's still hitting on threes because of tokens I threw on the shit. You know, so, like, there's, there's, and it's, like, you don't have to, like, roll for it. You don't have to do a litany for it. You don't have to pay a strap for it. It's like you do just says you fucking do it, you know. And that's kind well, of then the one thing. of his, and one of his characters just like, oh, okay, cool. Here you have a crossfire token. Like, just one of his characters just unlocks all of his buffs for him, it's, right? And that's it's and that's it. Too. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, my chaplain has to roll a three up, you know, or or I have to play a strat, you know, to to make that thing automatically go off. And it's like that dude that's like a fifty point character just says like, yep. You know, and here you go. Yeah. So I kind of, that's kind of my thing is I just, I think if you got an army that's going to do everything, there should be some kind of penalty for doing everything. And there was like no penalties in that motherfucker. So, but, and I don't want to take away from Peyton's play because Peyton, Peyton whipped me fair and square and he's in the book of grudges now. So he's got one coming to him all the time. (laughs) So, yeah. The Gene Steeler Cold is just is man, it is just a rough matchup because they just do their own thing. That they they have incredibly good secondaries and they can kind of cloak and dagger you and be like, Well, I'm just gonna deploy these blips so you don't actually know where models are at, and then oh, half of my army is in deep strike and I can do three different or four different kinds of deep strike. I can come in three inches away, I can come in nine inches away it's just it's it's so much you have to have a i think a large amount of games in a gene seal cult or play it yourself to understand how everything works to be able to combat it but well and i've i've played it enough to know how it works you know and i've i've played against it enough to where like i've played uh you know tyler devree who's a, a pretty good player you know and 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 like i know what they can do i do think the terrain was a factor in that game like having no yeah. real place to hide you know, sucked ass. So, uh, fucking Peyton's the reason I have two units of infiltrators back in my list too. By the way, so yeah. <laughs> I went Don't with one. With Adam. 
Yeah, I went, I went with one thinking it was enough, and it was not enough. So now we're back at two. And plus, I've been uh, I've been using the you know the the Deptus Astartes troops get to walk off an objective, and like uh, there's a one CP strat you can pull Phobos armor off the board and bring it back later mm-hmm. somewhere else. And I've I've gotten some points out of that, so I like having two yep. units because everybody seems to go right at the infiltrators for some fucking reason lately. So real good. <laughs> Yeah, it, it turns out infiltrators so. are real good for 100 points. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was your game five? So game five, I played Drew Newman. Um, and good player? It, yeah, really good player. Well, and... and oh, I wouldn't it, give him so, really good. I'm just going to give him good. <laughs> well, it, 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 it definitely was a fun game. Um, so every time I see that I'm playing Chaos Knights, I kind of like... Ugh. Because I always assume it's going to be like the blessing of the Dark Master. I'm not going to re-roll anything. I'm only going to be able to hit you on a four. And Chaos Knights also have really good secondaries. Um, but I saw that he, was, he wasn't he was Herpetrax, right? So he didn't have just like a million extra wounds. And then I also saw that he uh, took warp, uh, Warpborn Stalkers so that he put his Big Knight into Deep Strike. So not blessing of the Dark Master. So I could put Seal of both on him. And we were all hits and wounds against him. Um, this one was, I was, I thought was going to be pretty tough. We had the kind of terrain conversation and he goes, no, man, it's, it's true line of sight. And I'm like, okay, so how am I going to do this? I was like, I guess I just take cover saves and just hope that's enough. Um, I ended up getting the first turn and spent like all of my CP to redeploy. I put everything on the line. Um, I advanced to uh, at a six man and a five man unit of aggressors um, with the Judicar on like the top left. Um, put one of those units into um, tactical doctrine, so I had plus one AP, and just put like a million shots into a carnivore um, that was deployed on the line on his his deployment zone. Killed it. The Desolation Marines put a hurting on the other carnivore. Uh, and then I moved blocked him so he could make uh, melee with my aggressors. Um, in it, just the second turn, I, I, I killed four baby knights because turn one I only killed that one carnivore. So I killed the wounded carnivore in round two, and then three of his. I think they were brigands, uh, the ones with all the guns. Um, and it was just a, it was a comedy at at, at that point. Um, he in his turn, he's like, "Cool, I'm going to shoot all my stuff into your." Desolation Marines, and it was just if I needed four ups, I rolled them. If if he he rolled um, three damage on one of his melta shots because uh, he wasn't in half range, and I rolled two six up filling paints with my apothecary, like, it was just like nothing was dying, and he was having to at that point kind of play aggressively to get line of sight on me. Um, so then the Desolation Marines were just able to shoot Super Crack and, and they weren't taking the penalty for um, being out of line of sight anymore. And the aggressors were had survived combat with this big knight. Um, he's just like, man, this is this is this is over with. He goes, do, he's goes, you, do you really think you'd kill that big knight in one turn? I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to be plus one to hit uh, or not plus one to hit rather, but rerolling all my hits and all my wounds. And for one CP, I'm going to probably. Um, use the wise order stratagem to to make one of these desolation marines wound you on a uh, with a plus one a wound. Um, I was like, I don't know, but Silva usually gets the job done, and he's like, No, I can, 
I can definitely see that. And um, we kind of figured out what he could score, what I could score. And uh, I took that one. I know I had 100. Uh, Drew ended up getting 65. So it, it, it's Space Marines, especially Ultramarines, they have Mark from Craig, they have Oath of Moment. If you can give them a third secondary, that's just you, you got to score it by playing the game, right? With bring it down, that just shores up the secondary game so much, right? Um, so, pretty good game for me, hundred to sixty-five. And Drew was nice. really cool. Um, I didn't know that he owned one of the stores up there, and 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 we had a pretty lengthy conversation uh, following the round. Um, got to know him pretty good, and uh, yeah, good time. <laughs> I like Drew. I like Drew. Him and I give each other a lot of hell, but I think he's a good solid dude too. And speaking of solid dudes, but a little bit off beat, I fucking, I had around five Calmicord. So I came off of like, I don't know. And that's what happens day two, man. Like when you, you know, you get, you get to the top tables, you play good dudes and those good dudes got a chance at beating you. And it just fucking, that board with, with Imperial Guard was fucking rough. It was just rough. It's like, by the way, he was also doing dual Rogaldorns. So I had two Rogaldorn tanks, you know, the typical guard command squad shenanigans, Karzakins teleporting wherever the fuck they want to. And his, his Karzakins teleported and basically shit on my mouth and two, two units right off the bat, turn one. So it was like, cool. Well, I guess I'll lose half my dust slaters and, and all these wolfing today, you know, <laughs> and, you know, six mortals, six mortals on a five band space marine unit is basically everybody, but one and a half dudes, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, you're, you're, you're just done or two dudes. Uh, no, six mortals is actually. Yeah. Three uh, dudes, three dudes. So, you know, it's like, I got two dudes left and that squad's basically not what it was before with two dudes left, you know? And so, you know, he got me, and then, of course, you kill the Karzakin, but by that time, you're crippled. You know, Rogodorn shooting into stuff, Mortar shooting into stuff indirect, and so I was just doing my best. I was just, I just kept throwing disposable units out to hold the middle behind a, behind a ruin, you know, the best I could to try and keep things going, and I just couldn't hold out. He just kept killing, and uh, I lost 93 to 87. So, you know, it was a five-point game, but... Kyle's a GT winning player. He's a good player. You know, like Peyton is too. So, you know, both my losses day two. It sucks to walk out of there three and two because I feel like I'm better than a three and two player. But, you know, pay, playing the guy who wound up winning, you know, and then playing another guy who I know is super good, you know, it's, it's I'll just take my lumps, I guess, and come back and hope it doesn't happen again. But uh, it's, well, Kyle ended up getting fourth too. So, like, yeah. <laughs> your two losses were to two people that, you know, were one, like you said, one. And then both were in the top five. So, yeah, good players. So it's like there's no shame in losing that, you know. But the three and two, I don't think reflects how I played the weekend. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at the battle it, points, it never does. Yeah, I was like third or I was third or fourth in battle points, you know. So, like, I was playing my ass off, you know, I just, just couldn't make it happen. But not as a good event, man. Uh, Midwest Conquest was cool. My teammates all had a good time. You know, like I said, the only real complaint was a true line of sight thing that was thrown upon us and uh if i you know recommendations was i did give the tournament feedback and i gave them they asked me for feedback so i gave them nice feedback and basically said hey do what you say is in the packet you know so make sure your packet's updated 
and don't drop big things like true line of sight on the players day one because everybody's prepped and planned and painted and like I was painting desolators the week of you know it's like yeah. I always tell myself I'm not gonna do that and I wind up doing it anyways but I'll Is definitely it really go back. a GT if you don't like hobby yeah. hobby jam <laughs> a couple days yeah. before it gotta be some kind of last minute hobby you know so but it was a uh, it was a good event I'll definitely go back so that's my my recommendation if I had to give it stars it'd be like It'd be like probably three point seven five out of five. You know, they, they can very easily be four some stars. So, and uh, I take it, Ward probably go back to. I'm speaking for you. Uh man, it, it yeah, for sure. Yeah, let's uh, let's go into a quick. All we're gonna do here, I think, because uh, we're supposed to be at Branson Brawl this weekend. Yep, and it's it's kind of our last hurrah in the ninth. And what I want to do, how many players do we have there? Uh, 60, like ish, 50, 60, 50, 57, something like that. Yeah. So I, I just kind of want to run down the roster and pick some folks I think might do all right. So let's see here. You know, some of those people, because some of these people are like your, your area more than mine. Yeah, so, like and there's said, a number of of like the the Little Rock um, Arkansas club is going to be here, and um, we were kind of going over some of their list too. Um, so Brent I know, Simon's I know, a good player. Dead gimmick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't beat him all the time. So Brent Simon's running the demon. So it's uh, he's he's a solid player, man. That dude has a chance to win. Uh, There's this guy named Bam Bam Hunter. He's going to be there. Um, yeah. Here he's pretty I good think at Space Wolves. My last outing for Branson was third place. Uh, my only disappointment was fucking Ward Watts that day. So and Dan Samens took it and, out on your ass round so, five. It, yeah, <laughs> so ended up beating you in round in round in round three, and then another guy that's going to be at Branson ended up beating him around four. Lost to Dan around five, and both of y'all were placed higher than me because Dan yep. whooped me. Back so in, suck I think it's like 2019. <laughs> yes, yeah, suck it. Um, basically, so I actually played Adam Adrignola, uh on, at that same Branson tournament. Uh, he's playing guard, so he's a good player with playing a good army. Um, Brian's actually the Brian Priest is the guy who owns the store in Springdale, Arkansas, and okay. he's really good with custodes. Um. Bryce Watson's a local guy playing Iron Hands. I mean, he's he's been really taken to Iron Hands, and he's a he's an exceptional player too. Ah, oh, my dude, Ethan's um, going to be there, man. Nice. Um, Connor Ethan Johnson, Holt. he's yeah, I like Ethan. Um, Connor Johnson, um, that dude's kind of like we are with Space Wolves and Ultramarines. That dude knows Thousand Suns inside and out. Um, he's going to be real good. Um. There's Howard Watts, Knights Renegade. Yeah. That's just weird to see, man. I yeah. feel like I stepped into an alternate universe. You're like, wait, <laughs> no Toga, no uh, no Ultramans. Uh, no, I'm playing. There's, there's Merton with uh, Merton with Leagues of Otan. I wonder if he's playing the same thing that he. Uh, I uh, it, yeah, it looks like it is. I think Teats. I think Teats with the right matchups with Black Templars can podium. I actually was talking to JT this morning and last yeah. night. Um, we actually started a, a podcast too. Um, 
for the Northwest Arkansas guys, and we did a couple of list reviews. But we talked about JT, we talked about you, talked about Brant, uh, talked about a couple other um, other guys. But um, and JT is just one of those guys like he he just knows his faction inside and out, and that dude knows all the tricks. Like if there's Speaking, a black tip trick, he knows about it. Speaking of GSC, you know the last time I played Teats, I was playing GSC and it was on War Games live stream, and uh, we tied like eighty three to eighty three. <laughs> so it was it was a trip, man. It was a hell of a game. Uh, the Newsons are going to be there, obviously. Yeah. Mark Mark's always a good player. Yeah. Logan's a very good especially player, with Grey Knights, dude. He is he yeah, is again uh, one of those that that's that's his army and he knows it inside and out for sure. Dude, him and I him and I frustrate the fuck out of each other, but it makes us both better. So it's because yeah. uh, we both we both down to play into each other. So it's it's flip a coin, see what's gonna happen. Hey, on uh, Gene Steeler Colt, that guy. Yeah, yeah I heard Gene Steeler Colts are bullshit. bullshit. Stephen <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Henderson Henderson's pretty good. Yeah. Yep, he has a. We actually talked about his Iron Hands list. It's uh, it's kind of like the Iron Hands good stuff. Um, but he has some Blade Guard probably getting toted around in a uh, Impulsor, which um, with first four blocks on a site can probably be pretty tasty. Um, couple Necrons, a lot of Otan, which makes me just you know super happy. I decided to take Chaos Knights and get blown off the table. Astro Militarum. Who's Zach Fulmer? Do you know him? So, dude, holy crap. So, the, y'all's last episode, when you talk about, like, the rando Hogs of War guy, yeah. that's Zach Fulmer. He's, oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. so, rando Hogs of War guy. I'm so, just going to call him Rando. You should put that on a jersey for him or something. So, on his on his Midwest Conquest, like, name badge, he just flipped it backwards and put Rando Hawks of War guy. <laughs> Dude, we were crying. No, he's, uh, he's, actually, rooming, he's actually rooming with us at, at Branson. So. Okay, where are you going to stay? Um, Ashley and I found a, an Airbnb kind of around Table Rock Lake. So, okay. we got um, us and I think three or four other people rooming with us. Um but I don't know where everybody else is staying. Teets asked me where we were staying too, because he's like, you know. Oh, he also said since this is like the last two off for ninth, we need to all get our GT books and burn them. <laughs> I'm, down the, I'm down the clown. So, so well, good man. But, and Branson, dude, Chris, Chris runs a good tournament. Um, yep, and he's and he's one of those guys that doesn't put up with any bullshit either. So, um, hopefully, there's no issues and. I mean, this yeah. will be, I think, since 2019. So, 19, this will be my fifth Branson in a row. Um, and every time, like, our guys are always wanting to come back because it's just a good, just well-run event. Everything's clean. Um, tournament hall is pretty good. Um, and, I mean, it's Branson, so there's always a ton of stuff to do at Branson. But is Laura coming? It's- she is. So I just talked to her this yeah, morning. Yeah, nice. Dude, so I was on the fence, man. I Because I am, this is like my fourth week of Warhammer in a row. Because including the U.S. Open. And like I'm so burned well, out. How'd y'all do, do with that? Uh, I played for Advanced Warfare on uh, Ben Sherwin's team. And we wound up four and two. And uh, I got thrown on bet. so many, I got thrown on so many grenades though, man. Like, uh. You know how they have like light terrain versus heavy terrain tables, yeah. blah blah blah. I had to play Votan on the light terrain table, 
and all the objectives were like just in the wide fucking open and it was on the the four objective one with Donald War deployment uh no there was a center objective I stand corrected there was a center objective and then one of your deployment zone two on the outside so it was like a it was a diamond pattern hmm. and uh I was like getting my pants shot off, but I still played the game to like 97 and 94. So like to keep that's a 10, 10, keep it a three point game. Yeah. Um, I lost another game in the, in the space Marines. Um, it was like 87 to 84, but I lost on the last turn. I just couldn't make anything happen. And he made some hell Mary charge with the infiltrators, took the objective from me. I swung thunder hammers, power fists, and I think it chain sorted the infiltrators and just didn't do jack shit. So it was like it was not it was not my day. So, but I had a fun game, a fun opponent. Um, I I wound up starting out like almost every fucking tryhard. Like everybody's like, go to team tournaments, it's fun. You'll have a good time. Blah blah blah. And like after round one, round one I played Jason Rogers, who Jason Rogers is a good dude. But like the next few rounds, it was like here's another tryhard, here's another fucking tryhard, and like one game. We weren't even out of the dude's movement phase, and we had the judge at the table six times, and I'm just, like, sitting there trying to drink my Diet Dr. Pepper and chill, you know? <laughs> and then, like, day two, I finally got matched up in the mirror match for Space Wolves, and I felt sorry for the dude because, like, I could tell, like, he brought the stuff he thought was cool. Like, he brought his Thunderwolves. He brought, like, Logan Grimnar. He brought his Redemptors, his Grey Hunters. What a Chad. Yeah, and, like, I shit in his mouth, like, turn two. Like, it was... <laughs> It like turn two, he picked up three redemptors. He picked up Logan. He picked up two units of Grey Hunters, and like, and, he, and it's, this is an exact quote: "As Mike Brandt's walking up to the table, I fucking hate competitive players." And I'm like, "Oh boy!" And like, I wasn't being like rude or anything, you know. I was being pretty polite and cordial. It just the board was just wanting to go his way, but like, he got retarded and put stuff out of position. You know, it's like that's on him. That's not on me, and. So that was kind of a tough game because I spent two turns like trying to talk the dude down and like a judge came up to the table and also tried to like talk the dude down, you know, and like come. So on his turn three, he had to bring stuff on that was in reserves and I'd pretty much zoned out everything but his deployment zone. <laughs> so he was super mad because like he was like, I can't even bring this shit on the board. And me and the, and the judge actually helped. We're like, no, dude, you can come up in your deployment zone. You know, you got to be within one inch of the, the edge, but you can even be in engagement range if you have to be, you know. And so, like, we had to explain that to him and walking through it. And I helped him score some more points. And at the end of it, he, he, he apologized to me. So, you know, it was tough. And well, I mean, that's just kind of what you're signing up for when you come it to is. a competitive team event. But that's And that's what I thought, too, is like, you know, when he said that, I was like, you're at a tournament, bro. It was what went through my mind. But actually, for once, my filter fucking worked, and I kept my mouth shut, you know, because I figured, like, I'd only be throwing salt on the wound. I just probably need to get it out of the system and chill. And and uh, so maybe I'm developing a little bit of maturity when, as I approach 50, so <laughs> we'll see. But it was all right. And then the weekend, like I said, the weekend before that was Midwest Conquest, and I think I had uh, something else the weekend before that, but it's not top of mind right now. So I debated not going to Branson because I was just tired. And I was thinking, like, ah, I had fun with Laura the last time I went. I enjoyed Laura being with me. And, like, Laura's got the weekend off, so I'm just going to probably grab a room and take her with me. And Especially because Teach is going to be there. I think Teach was a big motivator for me going. So he's... Had you, he's, had you not come up, it gets you in the day. 
just yeah and i figured you guys would give me full disclosure too so because then you would have been ducking us dude i mean yeah. i really hope we get to play this weekend <laughs> me too man me too i hope it's round five uh i hope it's i hope it's at the end i don't want to knock either of us out early so we'll we'll just do the hang around the table thing and then and solve it that way so um let's go ahead and call her there uh ward give a shout out to you guys this podcast if someone wants to find that where's it at uh so we're only on youtube right we're pretty fledgling at this point just brand new but um we kind of give a perspective from uh hogs of war it's it's kind of like y'all's it's it's pretty well lord marshall conference um uh base because that's where we compete but um it'll be on youtube if you search the core keyword podcast um we talk a little bit about 10th edition stuff usually list reviews if we're going to like there's a couple episodes about um midwest and our events uh, or our our games at Midwest and um, a couple of list reviews and stuff for Branson. But if you uh, search YouTube for the core keyword podcast, that'll that'll find us. Yeah, very good. And like I said, it's a good bunch of dudes down there. Um, GSCR bullshit though, Peyton. You get wrecked. So, <laughs> get wrecked. Yeah, if you want to keep up with Lord Marshall, uh, uh, lordmarshall.org, um, all the upcoming events, all the things coming up. Um, I do not have it up yet. I just still need to submit my token. But on, uh, on the 25th of June, I'm doing a 10th edition RTT. We're just going to Wild West it. So if uh, if you want a good uh, 10th edition event to kind of get your toes wet up in Wichita, Kansas, uh, be looking for that on the Facebook page for the shop. And Ward, thanks for coming on today, man. Um, Finally. And finally. I've finally only been you badgering you for like 10 years now. Yeah, so quit bitching. So. Remember, everybody, if wargaming was easy, it'd be it'd be your mom. Um, love your buddies. Tell your buddies you love them, to quote Scott Sasser, and uh, be good to each other. All right, folks. Thanks for sticking around for part one. Part one is concluded. Here is part two, where we talk about the U.S. Open and uh, 10th edition rumors, and we get some Dan Eldar salt. Enjoy. Flying Monkeys Wargaming Podcast, where if wargaming was easy, it'd be your mom. And uh, here with the whole crew tonight, uh, most of us fresh off the U.S. Open, uh, Dilly fresh off of whatever Dilly does, uh, but tonight, I showed uh, up. <laughs> Dan fucking Sammons, what's up, Dan? Not much. Big, big ball of energy there. Uh, <laughs> Sean fucking Dilly, what's happening, Sean? Not a heck of a lot either, waiting for 10th edition, excited for some yeah. Dark Eldar still. The countdown is on. And then uh, Scott Sasser. What's happening, Scotty? What's going on, y'all? How's it going tonight? Pretty good, pretty good. So all of us uh, are fresh off the U.S. Open. Uh, Sean didn't play, but Sean came and checked in because it was his, his own field. And uh, then we're going to talk about that tonight. We can also get in a little bit of tenth. Um, I, I had to spend the weekend listening to Dan's hot takes on a lot of the stuff, so I look forward on to hearing about it tonight. On Eldar. Yeah, so it's uh, what do you mean? Dev wounds, devastating yeah. wounds. <laughs> Remember the this is the less lethal, uh, less rerolled edition of 40k. So let's not get ahead of ourselves, guys. Simpler, but not simplified, but not simpler. Is that it? Simplified, but not simple. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All the fucking things we were lying about. But anyways, so. Uh, U.S. Open, uh, for those who don't know, it was a team format. We had we had six rounds over three days, uh, five-man teams, 
uh, kind of an ATC-style gimmick. And uh, Fortress Columbia had a team. Uh, Dan and myself played on Advanced Warfare for Ben Sherwin. And uh, I had a pretty good time. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, what was your take, Dan? Uh, overall, it was good. I'm not a huge fan of like the two games a day, four-hour rounds. But I actually enjoyed the two games a day. It kind of made it a little bit, you know, not less stressful, but it definitely didn't need to be four-hour rounds, but uh, less stressful for sure. I think that's my complaint. If we would not have had four-hour rounds, like the day wouldn't have been gone. You know, kind of, because that's eight hours of 40K without all the other shenanigans. You know, <laughs> yeah. so you're... Your, your 10 hours of just nothing but straight 40K, and I like to socialize with them things, man, but I also don't like to stay up till midnight, so I don't know where the compromise is on that. I, so the way, actually, ATC does it, like the uh, two games on Friday, three games on Saturday, one game on Sunday, I think that's a good format just because, you know, everyone's going to go out Friday night typically, drink most of the day during, you know, most day drinking Saturday, and then you know, leave early on Sunday. I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. So, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, uh, I'm not sure if I'll go again. I'm still uh, I'm still fresh off of it, and I'm, I'm 50-50 on it. But I, for whatever reason, my personal experience was, you know, I, I listen to Scott. I listen to you because you talk about how fun it is all the time and how much you like team formats and how much of a blast you have. And, uh, dude, I wound up with, like, other than, like, Jason Rogers and a couple other exceptions, I wound up with, like, all the tryhards, man. Like, it was, like, <laughs> it wasn't, like, guys that were, like, I'm just here to play teams and have fun. It was, like, the dudes are, like, I'm 32nd in ITC, and I'm going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, like, one game I had to judge at the table six times before we fucking rolled dice, you know, just the movement phase. And, you know, lasers out and everything else. And I'm, like, bruh, come on, man. And uh, he's like, what, what? And I'm just like, never mind, whatever. Just So Dan seemed to have some pretty good matchups. I didn't hear him squabbling or saying much, but I also got thrown on a few grenades, so that might have been the grenades I got thrown on. <laughs> right, was, right. Do you have any experiences like that, Dan, or what were your opponents like? No, I think overall I had, a, I had a, some good I – had, I had good opponents. I had a, a few, like, very minor things, like – so I played. I played World Leaders, which is not a normal army for me to play. So, like in one of my games, like my opponent moved, and my opponent, who we talked about before the game, knew World Leaders. Um, you know, was very familiar with them. And then, so one of the one of the one of the turns, like he moved up something near a unit, and I wasn't even thinking about it when he did the movement phase. It was probably to, when he got to the combat phase is when I actually looked around. I'm like, oh crap, I could heroic intervene here. And he was like. He was like, "Oh, you're one of those." I was like, "Bro, you <laughs> like you're the one who said you knew everything my army did." So, but uh, and then I had like we you know one little other thing just about a in, in round six. I don't, I don't even. I might might just been me imagining something about a you know a tilted dice thing, but it was not not a big deal. So, but I really didn't have any issues. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, like I said, I got a couple guys that were real tryhardy. Um, you know, they first floor were line of sight blocking and there was like a little, you know how they do the half wall on some of that GW train, like it yeah. deteriorates or bends down, but it ends over here. I was under the assumption that the wall ends at where the wall ends, you know, it's all first floor line of sight blocking. 
other than the yeah. two pieces of trade they said the hole went through on. And a uh, homie came and kept trying to draw a line of sight through that, and I kept explaining to him that, like, no, that's not how it works, no, that's not how it works. And, and like, he just wasn't wasn't taking my word for it. So we had a judge, and, like, seriously, it was, like, a minute into the game. And so everybody's looking at me like, what would you do? And I'm like, God damn it, I didn't do nothing, man. Like, I just I deployed. Like, that's it. <laughs> and, and so the judge comes over, and then, like, he solves that issue, and then, like, two minutes later, we're doing something else, and he's trying to do some other weird... Like, I set up a dude to where he could heroic senses around the Wolfen, no matter what happened. Like, he was, like, yeah. by the middle Wolfen, and all I gotta do is get that judiciary within three inches of something to get the light last, right? So I right. set him yeah. up where no matter what you do, if you're in engagement range of the Wolfen, I'm gonna be able to heroic intervene and put the, put the hoodoo on you. And, like, I tried to explain that to the dude, like, 5,000 times... And so we had a judge back over to, like, have to measure it and show him that, like, what you're wanting to do is mathematically impossible. So he's like, well, I'll just go on the second floor. I'm like, you can't. You didn't roll enough movement to get up there. And he's like, yeah, I did, blah, blah, blah. I was like, right. It's three inches up, and he needed an inch to get on the ledge. You know, I was like, you didn't even roll enough to get up the wall. And, like, we had to call judge again, and judge had to come back over and measure it for him and tell him that he didn't roll enough to get up the wall. And so... The funny part about this is rewinding before that. Like, he, uh, we, this was an actual conversation, and, I, and I'm pretty close to actual quotes in this conversation. He did his movement phase, and then went to do a shooting phase, and realized, like, something didn't have line of sight, and he moved the model. And yeah. now, mind you, like, say the model could have moved there, I don't give a shit. Like, if it could have legitimately moved there, and he just fucked up. Like, I'd be like, yeah, dude, go ahead. You know, if, if you could have moved there and it could see there, that's fine with me. But, like, he didn't ask. He just did it. I said, so you asking me if you can move that model? He goes, well, I didn't move the model. He goes, I moved it over there to check line of sight. And I said, that's not a thing, man. I was like, that's not a thing. He goes, well, I just moved it over there to check line of sight. I didn't move it, move it. I said, did you tell me you are just moving it over there to check line of sight? And he just looks at me blank like I'm supposed to, like, take his word for it, and I said, you didn't tell me that. I said, you didn't ask me that. I said, if you're asking me if you can move your model, I'm probably going to tell you, yeah, you can move your model. I said, but if you want to be a dick about it, I'm going to tell you no. And he, and he just looked at me, and he goes, can I move my model? And I was like, yes, you can move your model. And he moved his model and shot the shit out of my stuff. But it was, it was just kind of like that whole game was like that. And, like, I, in, my, in the back of my head, I just wanted to, like, find you and yell at you and be like, Scott's like, team events are so fun. I'm having a great time. And, like, here I am, like, fucking, this, this dude's, like, angle shooting everything from deployment to movement to buildings to charges. And uh, I was just like, I'm not having a good time in this game at all. And, like, I was trying to be on my best behavior. And then there was another incident where this wasn't my fault either. And what's funny is, like, fucking Mike Brandt was, like, right there when it happened. So, like, I was hoping, like, Mike Brandt didn't blame me for being the bad actor. But uh, <laughs> right. I guess the reason he walked off is because he was trying not to, like, laugh at what went down. So one one matchup, they gave me the mirror match because they threw out Space Wolves. And yeah. I told them, I said, like, hey, if they throw out the mirror match, give me the mirror match because I got that. You know, I got that. That guy's list wasn't as good as mine. Because he was playing, he was playing uh, Firstborn, like the the, the original champion, yeah, right? Yeah, he had Logan, Dreadnoughts, uh, Thunderwolf, Cav, like Great yeah. Hunters, and 
So I told him, like, hey, if they throw that out, like, like let me have it because I can beat that list easy. And so turn one, like, I just kind of moved stuff up to where I could set up my second turn move and, you know, put my banners down. I missed out. I always miss out on Warrior Pride turn one sometimes. And so, like, you know, he, he played, he got to go first. And so he went really cagey going first. And I got to go second. So I put everything in buildings and and just just kind of did the same thing. And so the dude was across the table, like, tell him, like, his buddy was, like, a coach or something walking by. And he's like, uh, he's like well, it's going to be one of those games where you just hide inside the buildings to score and see who gets the best of it. And I'm thinking to myself, like, no, nah, man, I'm bringing the pain next turn, bro. Like, that was, <laughs> you know, in my mind. And I was thinking, like, like, you're like, 12 inches apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, so I was like, it's not what you think it's going to be. And so <laughs> he goes to his turn, too, and he moves. And basically, he, he really didn't have anything to even shoot. So he just kind of he had three dreadnoughts. He moves them up with Logan Grimnar. And so after he did that, I had that 10-man squad of Desolators behind the wall on the same side. And I popped them out, and it was like, surprise, motherfucker. You know, and just... <laughs> so in that turn, I took three uh, Red Ripper dreadnoughts off the board. Logan Grimnar, the unit of Grey Hunters on his home objective. And then, like, another unit of Grey Hunters off of another objective. And they got my two charges off for, like, Warrior Pride and the other stuff. Yeah. And so, like, he had to basically pick up half, whatever half of what he had on the board that turn. And, like, right as Mike Brant's walking out, the dude gets so fucking tilted. And he and the guy, like, yells. He goes, I hate competition players. And I'm just kind of, like, standing there, <laughs> like, uh And I said, man, is there anything I can do to make this better for you? Like, I'm just playing a game. You know, I'm sorry you don't feel good. You know, I'll, I'll buy you a drink. You know, do you, we, we need to walk away from the table for 10 minutes and just chill. You know, let me know what you want to do. And he's like, I can't stand this shit. You know, and he was going on and on and throwing his stuff around. And I was like, just breathe, man. Like, I'll help you. We'll, we'll help you score. You know, we'll get there. And, like, Brent walks off. And, uh, and I, I think he went and talked to another judge because another judge comes up, like, a minute or two later and, like, hangs out at the table. And it was that guy's turn. And, like, he was about to just quit. And I, you know, and I had to like explain to him, like, listen, because I, I'd spread out and zoned out the board, so like his Terminator squad couldn't come on the board, his Thunderwolf cab couldn't come off the board. You're like, hey, I know you're salty as fuck right now, but let me put some more in there because <laughs> yeah, you also can't deep strike where you want to. So, but basically, being a judge helped him like get his stuff on the board. Like he had to come up in his deployment zone, you yeah. know. But like we had to explain to him, like, hey, you can come up in engagement range. Like those Wolfen over there, come up and fight them. You know that those that Wolf Guard squad over there. Like, come on the board and fight them. Like, you know, get your shit on the board. There's still plenty of game to play left. And, like, that whole turn, like, he was still cussing me up one side and down the other. And, like, I was trying to be on my best behavior, man. And it was hard. Like, it was really hard to, like, try and be nice. And because he was being a shithead. Like, he just, I don't know, man. I probably had a bad attitude when I lost sometimes. But he had, like, the worst attitude I've ever seen anyone, you know, losing a game like that. And I'm like, you're at a tournament, man. Like, you don't know. I know you hate competition play, but you're at a fucking tournament with the team, and it's round it's round four. It's not like it's day one and you don't know what's coming. But he wound up apologizing at the end of it, and I had a model that broke, so like he loaned me some glue. So like I hope we found some sort of peace, and that guy was able to sleep that night. But man, he was pretty fucking tilted. So and uh, he well, talked shit on me. Do, man. They, they... <laughs> they What's battle that? each other. They, they, that's what Vikings do. They battle each other and they, they drink me at the end of the night, dude. And be done with yeah. it. Fuck it. And uh, so I hope uh, I hope we uh, 
managed to salvage that one, but that was tough. The rest of my games were cool, though, man. I uh, We got to play, at the end, we played Team Arcanite, and uh, I played a guy named Joshua. Oh, nice. And uh, dude, Joshua is a, a class act, man. That guy, I like Josh. Josh is such yeah, a fun opponent. He is too, man. Like, uh, I was so tired. You know, like when you're at the home stretch and you're about done. I was fucking spent, man. I was, I was drinking beer. I was retarded. I was tired. <laughs> and like, Josh was just keeping me right. And then, like, what was funny is I caught Josh on a couple things, so I was able to talk, talk shit back on him. And uh, that motherfucker managed to pull off that game with like an impossible charge. And uh, he fucking hell married some infiltrators into you the wolf garden sit on the board. Took the objective with obsec, and I had more than enough shit there to kill him. Couldn't fucking kill him to save my life. And uh, we just kind of had to laugh about it. And I lost like eighty six to eighty four after like you know kind of holding it down. He had a Terminator squad that like was impossible to kill, and uh, it didn't help that I wasn't rolling with the shit, but. I uh, I never got to play that dude before. He's a cool dude. So yes, yeah, I I love every game I played with Josh. Yeah, but uh, I had a lot of fun, and uh, he seemed. Uh, I I really hope I get to play him again sometime, because that was probably like my favorite game of the weekend, and like that was, that was how if if I got to end the weekend that way, like that's that's how I would have chose to end the weekend. Is like playing right. somebody like that to walk out with like a good attitude, and like I fucking lost the game. You know what I mean? Like I lost the game. But still had a fucking blast because my opponent was like such a pleasure to be around. So, and now now she's disappointed you didn't get the uh, the rematch of you and Squidbilly. <laughs> Man, well the the Space Wolves player that melted down was Squidbilly's brother or buddy or something. <laughs> oh, it'd be even better if it's buddy, everything's yeah. brother because he's the exact same yeah. way as as him. But Ben put it in his butthole with no lube. Like it was uh, that game was done pretty fast. It wasn't done like thirty minutes, Dan. That was yeah. That was, those those are my long games. That I don't remember. <laughs> so, but it was it was done pretty quick. But Do you guys uh, want to hear what? Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was gonna say that was pretty much my weekend. I'm not gonna go game by game. Like uh, my experience was okay. I, I ended on a high note, and uh, I did get I did enjoy getting hanging out with Dan and Ben and everybody all weekend getting to see Scott and uh, <laughs> some bunch of people in the Midwest. I always enjoy seeing. Like like that's one of the things about GTs that I dig is going and seeing my people. You know, getting the hugs and handies, and yeah. taking taking the shots of wild turkey with with the Fort World Columbia guys, and but uh, all right, Dan, what were you saying? I was gonna say, uh, I was gonna ask Dilly if he if you want to guess how much a single uh, uh, Berserk Squad killed in one game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so uh, against a guard player, I think in round two, uh, I had a Berserk Squad come on from reserves. So this comes on from reserves. Charges uh, an infantry squad, kills them all, and I kind of piled in or consolidated up against a wall, so I was kind of hidden from his any retaliation he had. And then he, uh, this is where he moved up, and I heroic intervened, and so heroic intervened into a squad of mortars that he was trying to get boots on the ground with. So killed the squad of mortars. Then on my turn, uh, I charged and killed a Kasserkin squad, and kill, finished off a, a wounded Rogaldorn. And then, Jesus. and then they consol- they kind of consolidated towards more of his stuff. On his turn, he uh, shot the berserk squad with the mortar squad, killed the berserker, and then the, the berserks walked into combat with with the uh, with the two squads of mortars. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so walked into into combat with two squads of mortars, so he couldn't kill them. Then those guys killed two two more squads of mortars, and then on my turn they charged onto his home objective. 
and killed a command squad. <laughs> How does it feel to play with third edition Space Wolves, dude? And sweeping uh, it's just going from combat to combat, just feeling, yeah, you're dead. You're that, gone. That one squad literally like walked up this whole, his whole backfield, this whole was side of the board. Was it a five-man or ten-man? It was a five-man. Good <laughs> lord. There's still four alive at the end of the game. So. But that was definitely <laughs> one of the most memorable moments of the weekend. But like... uh. Round four, we we played against. Who did we play against? Round four, or not? Round four, round five. Um, yeah, I have the pairings up here. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, we played against. That was the uh, the Denver guys. So oh, Mountain Trolls. Yeah. So I played against like a guy named Tom Cohen. He's playing Free Blades. That was like a super close game. He uh, he played it way differently than I expected. So I should have taken raise the banners instead of bring it down because he played super super defensively. Um, but that was like a, a really close, fun game. And then, uh, and then my last round was against, uh, the, the team Arcanite, uh, Ted with his Necrons. So that was, that was also a really fun game. I, that one, I think the, uh, the weekend caught up with me a little bit because I definitely like in my head and we talked about it, like, I was like, so your only shooting is, um, uh, is the king, basically the Silent King and a couple of destroyers. And so in my head, I was like, well, he's not going to suicide the Silent King turn one at me. So I kind of I deployed a little bit aggressively. And, Please tell uh, me he did. And, and then he went first, and he redeployed and just yelled the silent. So basically, he got to pick up a free squad of berserkers and, oh. and a couple a couple exalted eight bound, which I hundred percent could have just deployed them deployed them behind a wall and not had to worry about it. But that kept the game way 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 closer than it probably <laughs> when I was. Then I think I, it kept it way closer than both of us were expecting it to be. So. Because I think it ended up being like a four-point game. And even then, in that four-point game, it should have been potentially even a one-point game because uh, when he went to go do the uh, action, the Necron action on the middle objective, uh, I rolled the four up on the Exalted to stop him from doing an action. So he, he could have capped mm. that secondary instead of getting 12 on it. But yeah, that was uh, there's a couple just a couple things. You know, gotta, it was probably a little too, uh, a little too comfortable and you know, thinking that they weren't going to play you know, kind of they they didn't play how I expect them to play, and it got pretty damn close to costing me the game. But they're both really fun games. He has a hell of a player, player too. Though, he's right? good. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, I, I played a guy named Michael from Mountain Trolls, and dude, that was a that game was a trip, man. It was Thousand Sons of the Space Wolves, and so I was like, I'm gonna remember to use my strat today, so I got to use my strat. Dude, Longfangs killed Magnus, which I was kind of happy about. They did it by themselves. They came on the board, shot him with Melta and whiffed. I was like, fuck it, I got Thunderhammers and a Power Fist. I'm going to charge him now. And uh, <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I charged Magnus. I nailed the fucking charge and put him all the way down to one wound. And the next turn, like, he healed him uh, twice. So he got him back up to, I think, like, six wounds. And then whenever I got to fight in close combat, I fucking killed him. So I was like, the long fangs killed Magnus by themselves, which was which was pretty tight. So I was uh, that would have been a cool like story game because there was some there was some neat stuff that the machines happened back and forth. And, uh, the guy Michael I played was pretty cool. He seemed pretty nice. So. Nice. So my favorite game was actually my last round. We played the Goonhammer squad, and I played uh, Scott uh, Horace with his triple Dornless. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, uh, so I he so he, I uh, I go first, and so he re- reserves all three or two of the Dorns basically pulls them off the board, 
And so I basically make it so when turn um, turn three, when he brings him in, they have to come in his deployment zone. He's so far blocked out. But by the bottom of four, I had scored every single point that I could physically score uh, at 89 points. And then I got tabled the next turn. So my turn five, I did nothing, scored no points, and won the game. <laughs> it felt real good. <laughs> <laughs> you, you stopped the intake of, of booze, or what? You, you just <laughs> I know I did not stop drinking. Plus, I also played uh, Viet round one, and that was I went to bed fucking like at six thirty on Friday night. Nah, they said you went to bed at five. Don't lie. It might have been five. I was I was toasted, dude. I was toasted. It was yeah. so bad. I just on Friday night, yeah, I went out to dinner. Like, yeah, Scott's uh, asleep in the bathroom right now. Yeah, dude. No, I was in the bathroom, but I definitely was just like, not shaking me like, I do drugs. Yeah, it was like every time, every time I was like taking a shot, he'd be like, "We're taking shots," and then there would be like six shots on the table somehow. It was insane. It was honestly insane. Good. I, I I've got to see some people. Uh, the the, the Weeses, old man Weese, young man Weese, they're playing with the Warhogs. So, um, guess Kyle and Chase. What's that? Old, old, old man Weese came up to me like uh, round six and he goes, if, "If you can get me a shot, I can get a reroll right now, and I really need a reroll." <laughs> <laughs> so, I I I I dragged the, the the bottom or dragged the bottom of the box and I found another one and got finally got him a shot and got his ass to reroll. So. <laughs> he was pretty grateful that now that one reroll. I don't know if it worked out, but what did you guys think <laughs> of the event, or what did you guys think of the venue? So I mean, Dan Conquest has done it. But what's that? I know Conquest has done it, but was it was it the same place last year? It's the same place as last year. Dan had the right fucking idea, Fiddle Man. Um, like Dan, I, I noticed Dan was eating a sandwich while I was eating like. Thirteen dollar fucking chicken strips. So like, I should have, I should have packed lunch and brought lunch. And I think if I go back there again, um, that's gonna be the play, man. Because uh, the cheese, the cheeseburgers were trash. Like the the food was kind of trash. I mean, and I know it's not GW's fault. That's more on the hotel itself. But like they did, a, and then the last day they did a piss poor day, a piss poor making food so like when i was one of the first ones done with my game so i got to go to lunch early and like i got to go to lunch early and all they had left was like a tray of like half-ass chicken strips where like it was like nuggets mixed with strips and like the dude tried to give me scraps and i was like if i'm paying fucking 13 bucks for chicken strips you're giving me chicken strips man i'm not taking those as like a whole strip and he's like oh okay and so like he's changing them out and trying to find the 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 best ones to get back so um I just, last uh, year it was bag sandwiches, wasn't it? They had the same type of thing, I think, but oh, they actually they had, had food. But I don't know the venue. The venue is, is pretty expensive. You stay on site, and then like the I mean, yeah. we we carpooled most days to the venue too, and we stayed off site. But you know, it was, it was sixteen bucks a day just to park there. Yes. You no. Know? Yeah. And then uh, I I brought I just basically went to the store the night before and grabbed some like bread and some. Uh, peanut butter jelly stuff and so and I have plenty to like use up the next couple events or whatever and uh, like so I, I saved the money there I should have went in the next step and just like 
threw a couple a uh, couple cans of Dr Pepper in there, so I don't have to pay three dollars for a can of Dr Pepper at the venue. But uh, <laughs> right, right. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's uh, I I don't know. I I prefer other other venues just because the the cost of the room. Like, it, I know, from when I looked at it, I think it, it basically equals out when you when you factor in uh, parking and all the other stuff and the taxes and fees. You know, you're paying like two fifty a night just to stay in that hotel. But then, you know, I still spent. I still even with packing my lunch all three days. I still spent more money just between parking and you know, grabbing a couple of Dr. Peppers. I grabbed a pretzel one day and it was like $10 and it wasn't good. So, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I mean, if I went back there, I would, I would definitely stay off site. It wasn't too much of a hassle. So what about, uh, what did you guys think of the judging? I noticed they brought that guy, uh, Calvin in the Germany, uh, WTC coach or whatever. And he's the head judge of WTC or whatever. Yeah, Jeremy there from StatCheck was there too. Yeah. So, yeah, he was pretty good too. Yeah, I think I they had fine judges. I didn't have any issues. Yeah, all the judges I had were good. They knew the rules. Like the, like I said, when the judge was at my table fucking seven times at the start of that one game, like uh, they didn't make any wrong rulings. So it was it was nice to like, I don't know, because I always eat it. Like if the judge rules against me, he rules yeah, against yeah. me. I'm just going to fucking eat it and move on. And I didn't feel like I had to eat anything. Like, it was like everything that they ruled, I was like, yep, 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 you know, and and uh, so, and then they were good about, like, going to tables and just having conversations with the people, you know, making sure folks are having a good time and they're passing out drink coupons and coupons and things like that. And so, you know, the crew he had was good. Like, it was a, yeah. it was a good crew. So. I think when, I think I only had one judge question. It was just when we, it was a, I played a World Eaters mirror, and it was what happens if you both, both take the secondary when stuff dies on objectives and it was like we both score it so it was literally just a wash secondary so yeah. oh, i guess I, I had a judge call to come over <coughs> we had a, when i was charging charging in between uh you know lord solar and a castrican squad and a rogue door and they just they verified my movement so but otherwise yeah so i actually did have a judge call at my at my table every game for the redeployment thing that ultramarines have and like, if you both have it, what steps are they in, and whose applies to who first? So there's a big step system, I guess, with like you roll off for it, don't you? And then you the one. No, so some of them are happen like like crew redeployments happens in step thirteen or step fourteen, but like there's one of, there's one of the phantasms that can happen in step thirteen or fourteen. Like it's su- it's super weird how how it happens, but like the judges the judges kept ex- like because I couldn't explain it to my my opponents. And I was like, I know I have the ultramarines one, and I do it before. The- but eventually, if you both have step fourteen, you roll off, and the winner decides who gets to gotcha. who who goes first, basically. Though, so I will not roll off every game. I felt good after we got in this five minute argument. Did any of your games players? <laughs> yeah, fuck, God, not fucking players. Did games actually take the full four hours? Charlie's like five of his games. No, dude, I'm talking about any of y'all's games. I, no. I know it happens at some point. I my last game did, but more of that was just because I think I was just not taking it seriously and I was spent. So I don't. Well, I don't think we took the full four hours. I think the team was waiting. I was the last one done. And by the time I got done, like Dan done packed up. He's about ready to bounce and. 
Ben and Scott and Charlie were about ready to bounce because their games were done a lot faster than mine. But I don't think I took the full hour, four hours. So, but the only member yeah. on our team that didn't take the four hours was Charlie on a, on a couple of them. So, but he was playing an army he had never played before too. So, I guess I could say the same thing about Dan. But Dan didn't take. You only had one game that went long, didn't you? Uh, I think. I mean, I think so. I think I had a couple games that were a little bit, but none of them were even like close to being the the at the end of the round. So, yeah, I don't know. I think four hours is way too long. I think uh, I think three thirty is more than enough to do pairings and. How long was it taking you guys to pair, Sasser? So as soon as we get to the table, uh, we were done. It just depends on how long they wanted to to deliberate before we started pairing. But once we started pairing, it took us ten minutes to pair the whole the whole thing. How long were people taking to deliberate? Some teams didn't take any time. Some teams took like twenty minutes. See, that's I think that's the crazy. That's that's what I don't think none of ours. Maybe we were deliberating for like once once we got the list from them, it was like maybe five minutes. So I don't think you, I think that's I think that's probably why some of those games those at the top table were taking so long because they were taking forever just to start the rounds. So yeah. and that's where what I think what I think you need to do in that situation. Is you almost need to have like a little uh, little timer, little little flip timers with sand in it, and little hourglass things, whatever. And you just have one that's like a two minute timer. And so if Team A is ready to pair, they flip the timer, and and Team B has two minutes to get their shit together and, and throw their throw their match down. You know, that's that's, that's why I kept that's why I kept being like, I'm ready. You guys ready? Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. Are you guys ready? And well, they just they need to they just need to make it official and and and. Uh, you know, say hey, if, if the first team that's ready flips the timer over, and you have two minutes to uh, put a pairing down, or otherwise, you're it's random. You know, you get a random person throwing up. Fuck well, it. It's like you, you know when you when you go to someone's list to check them out. You know, either whether you check it through BCP or, or or paper copy. You know, every, every, every one player from your team grabs a list. Everybody can, you know, assess a list pretty fast. You know, within one or two minutes, everybody, all five of your players should have an assessment of what whatever list they were given does. So as long as it's a, a faction they know or play a little bit of. Yeah. So. No, I but, agree. You know, like I said, and no clocks is irksome. It's very yes. irksome. Like I said, I had, like I said, I had five good, good opponents in my round. My, my round fit five opponent was, a, he's a nice guy. We, we did talk a lot of intent and it was actually a, I think a well played game as far as like the communication back and forth. And we obviously finished the game on to the time limit, but like the clock, like how much time he used comparative to how much time I used. I mean, out of four hours, I would say that I used maybe an hour and a half, you know, or actually probably, actually probably three and a half hours of power pairing with them. I'd say maybe I used an hour and a half. He used two hours, two and a half hours, maybe. And it just it just doesn't feel good. Like there was a lot of times where like there we he would be like, oh, I'm gonna go check on the other tables, you know, like during his turn. It's like it's fine. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bitch at the guy, right? Like we have four hours to play a game and every game's gonna come to a natural conclusion and I saw the writing on the wall that I was like, I'm gonna win this game anyways, but it was just like this is this feels unfair almost just that like 
he was. I mean, and they did beat us by like a little bit. So, but whatever. Like we had three, three, three of our players played the full four or three and a half hours that that round, which is like unheard of for for our team. Yeah. So you guys, uh, I, mean, I would not take any of you guys for taking the whole time. So <laughs> even even yeah. Jim, the slow kid in the pack. Oh, Jim loves. I, I'm sure he's like Dan. Loves when he gets put on the clock. It's like, go ahead, please put me on the clock. I, I can't wait for you to clock us, sir, because that's what typically happens when most people play Jim. On that him. motherfucker. That's like the, he's like the fastest orc player I've ever seen in my life. He just it doesn't matter how many miles he's got to move, he's gonna get through it. So, yeah. But well, um, I guess we take a break there from U.S. Open stuff and and get into the tent. And uh, I, I'm going to start with Dilly, since Dilly's had to be quiet and listen to us talk about fucking team stuff. Okay. So what, what are you hyped about, man? What's, what's got you going? What's got you uh, apprehensive of anything? Uh, what do you, I, you know, we talked a little bit about the line of sight thing and uh, not being able to shoot a unit that you can't wholly see today. Man, that's just a good little giggle. I think, like I said, I said that, <laughs> that first game with anybody, when that happens, I get to say, sorry, you can't shoot me. And like, what? I can see you. It's like... You're not fully within that terrain feature. <laughs> yeah, uh, until that was you, and you're like, "Don't tell me, sir. Don't fucking say yeah, it." Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know <laughs> what I just did. Say yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> you're right. I can't move far enough. Yeah, uh, I'm super excited for Dark Eldar. Still, that's like still the. Um... Can you hear my dog barking? I don't know. I hear her. It's not bad enough that it'll bother yeah. anything. This podcast uh, isn't known for its quality anyways. So it's fucking <laughs> it, so. uh, yeah, Dark Elders, they were pumped for them. They're original army for me, and so far, just through faction focus, they look kind of fun to me. A um, little worried about Eldar, just because I know, I mean, I think everybody is. They're the uh, force mortal wounds onto everybody, and tons and tons and tons of mortal wounds, and then guess what? More mortal wounds. So, yeah. Hopefully it's not as bad as it's leaked it's, to be, but it's probably as bad as it's going to be. Did you hear what uh, Nanavati Soil could do in his one game on stream? He had like a fire prison or something, and uh, he had like, his fire prison was like, I don't know, I mean, I'm assuming this, this is, I just heard the story, so I'm assuming this is what it was, which was, was seeing a, a section of the board, and then his opponent was going to move a, a tank that way. And he just is like, hey, don't forget, I can use the Overwatch stratagem. I mean, and his opponent's like, well, that doesn't, you know, he's six to hit. He's like, well, remember, Eldar, he's like, it's a fire prism, it's two shots. Uh, he's like, I've got two sixes. I can just, uh, you know, basically spend the CP and auto hit you with these two shots, needing six to hit. And then I, I wound you on two ups, three rollable. And then it's AP4, flat six damage. Like, he basically was just like, I'm going to automatically kill your tank if it moves out. You know, so like, or, or the, uh, you know, you move the warp spiders 24 inches in front of your opponent's army, kill something, and then if your opponent moves anything near you next turn, you just shoot him again for one CP with Overwatch. <laughs> Dude, so, like, the or the pod, bringing up any kind of pod in, whatever you can yeah. put in pods, and then getting two rounds of shots with him, if Bobby's close enough, man, pick fucking, you can pick two, two units of Devastators to each fire Overwatch, activate four times before they fucking die. Well, that's even like like Ozerman, right? He gives the, the unit of Dire Avengers with uh, free Overwatch, and it can be an additional Overwatch. Material. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. So I I just sent uh, I just sent Tim an email 
to post for Bug Eater. So let me uh, let me let me tell you. Let me sum it up. It says uh, not playing Eldar. Don't are you, come. Are you banning Eldar? <laughs> it says uh, you know basically if the so for Bug Eater, if the points and data sheets are available for digital download on or before June sixteenth, we will be doing tenth edition. Blah blah okay. blah blah blah. Uh, I say, um, following the precedent from the community and other events <clears> in the past, <throat> we will not be allowing Eldar Eldari at our event until G- GW releases the fact errata for them. Get fucked. So I'm not dealing with that bullshit. They are, and, and for those, if the the people crying, oh, we don't know the points and blah blah, you're just stupid. There's uh, <laughs> there's information out there if you know where to look. And Eldar are beyond busted and are, are just going to be ultra-cancer. I asked, asked Nate Martin if he's, he's going to do anything or just allow, allow uncomped raw 40K at Show Me. So I'm working on my Eldar right now. Jesus Christ. Can I allow it? Or, uh, uh, it uh, is uncomped raw Eldar. But, <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, not that, there's no point to play anything else. So It's, it's just one of those things it's like, well, I haven't taken the time to go and then... Look I guess I should have dig all my decans out of the garage, huh? Yeah. Like I'm sure I'll give a game or two right when points and codexes are out and just really feel the feel bads and then I'll make a decision off of that. But it's uh it's we're 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 trending into Votan territory where you can just look at the look at what we know so far. Absolutely. And it's it's blatantly it's 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 insane it's insanity. It doesn't even get to the like just the data sheets. We're not even just ta- we're just talking about killing the opponent. We're not even talking about how good Eldar are at the missions. Uh-huh. So the the mission play out there. And this is what I don't like about it so far. The missions right now, especially the tactical missions, they favor fast armies to a fucking crazy degree because you got to be able to get to certain spots of the board on a whim's notice. You know, like, oh, I flipped the card over. I guess I need to get to the corner of the board on this turn, or I, or I don't score my points. So, yeah. like, so Eldar are also really good at this, the uh, the mission play on top of everything. See, that's why I'm liking Grey Knights. <laughs> that's why I'm liking Grey Knights right now. They feel like they're going to be pretty good for yeah. that reason. You can, you Art of War put the mask here today for the previews. You see that? Who did? Art of War, they did, like, a preview tier, whatever, the armies. I and uh, information early. How could they possibly guess this? Well, they was, said from the faction focus. I think from the faction I, I, I think I did see it on YouTube. Just it like was that. Scary, the, it was Scary. It was and Nick, and they put a they put a Grey Knights and Eldar were the only things that were asked here. So. <laughs> yeah, they just had to put Grey Knights up there just to like not let the Eldar feel lonely. Oh, is that it? Yeah, they were like mm, yeah. everything else sucks. I just pick one, throw it up there. You're, you're gonna teleport your gray knights near the Eldar army and then die to D cannons. So. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, you're gonna die to wraith guard. Oh, did you move? You're dead. Yeah. Sorry. What, what, what's, you, your, what's your fix for for Eldar, Dan? If, if I have one. Dude, I I Damn. don't even. You can't. The combination of fate dice and devastating wounds yeah. is batshit crazy, and if you can't like, you can't front load that many fate dice like. It's this is it's almost it's not it's it's similar to like luck dice like yeah you just can't you cannot front load somebody to have twelve to fifteen fate dice in a game like forty k 
Uh, like, honestly, they should start with, like... What if they worded, like, <laughs> dice to say you could never critically hit wound or something like that? Just so, like, you can still get the six, but it will never count as a critical hit or wound. Or so, I've, I've heard, you know, through the grapevine and, and various things that they're going to... One of the fixes that they were they were looking at... So, I mean, GW's already, already apparently going to do a, a day one uh, FAQ on some of this stuff. But, like, if they were to change the... Uh, change the so you can't use fate dice to trigger weapon abilities so i saw that in discord and that's that's something but i don't think it changes like none of that like it that changes the eldar from tabling you on turn one to tabling you on like turn two you know like they're still so like fire prisms have an inbuilt reroll to hit and wound so they have if they shoot the two big shots they get a reroll both hits and they get a reroll both wounds you know that's that's does that does that even make sense? Like of how good that is. So, and it's it's and that's the problem. I think this is it's literally the Votan problem, where GW has kind of put themselves in a hole. Like the Wraithguard data sheet, like those motherfuckers are crazy. Like your Wraithguard yeah. can shoot three times uh, in a in a round. Like like and you can. Uh, you know, say you bring them in for beef strike, they shoot something, they charge something, they charge a tank, and the tank swings back, they get to shoot again, and then on your opponent's turn, you can shoot it again <laughs> when you overwatch. Like, that data sheet, like, th- that's that's the problem, is that data sheet, like, uh, let's say Wraithguard, they say there's similar points, like, now, like, 45 points a mile or whatever. Those motherfuckers need to be, like, 90. So, they're gonna, they're gonna get Votanned, they're gonna get Votanned worse than Votanned got Votanned. That's literally what needs to happen. Or GW's gonna have to do some borderline like massive rewrites. Or or we're just gonna be in a, a more. What likely will happen is GW, we're gonna be in a for a year of Eldar being oppressive because GW's gonna slow tap, you know, slow beat them down like they did Nids and Drakari. Light touch. They like to, they like to yeah. do a light touch on their nerves. So. I don't think they'll do that. I don't think they'll do that. <laughs> I think if there's enough out, uh, outcry, and I think it's it's starting to. Become that way where the outcry is already starting, and we don't even know half the rules. We can already tell. Just well, yeah, but the, my thing is like I don't care what they do. <laughs> if it's like if they come down with their pimp hand and it's super fucking strong, I don't care as long as everybody gets a pimp hand, you know. But if they want to coddle and pat people kindly on the ass and try to, that's fine as long as they do it to everybody. But they, you know, like Votan, look what they did. Votan never even got out the gate, yeah. you know, and like yeah. Dan I jokes should, and I, says they're on nerf number five. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I should clarify too. There's, there's Eldar. <laughs> from everything I know, Eldar are the most oppressive army by a wide margin. But there is other things in other armies that are basically just as bad. It's just not as widespread as like Eldar yeah. as a faction is broken. You know, there's there's certain other things that I've heard in other armies that are like what, but. Uh, but that, that's kind of like, okay, that's like a spot fix where Eldar is like the whole faction like is just... I don't I, know. I don't, I don't hate the one or two <laughs> units that are like, what? I mean, he's okay, cool, here are my three auto-include units and then I just build the rest of my army off of that. I mean, that's every game, every edition. That's nothing new. Yeah, they that's... That yeah. And, that, and, that, and that, that that is a little easier to, to you know come in and focus on and fix. 
but like Eldar, man, look at every one of their data sheets has got some crazy like devastating wounds. <laughs> yeah, everyone's got devastating wounds, and they've all got like the the Rangers look amazing being able to free move when somebody comes near them. The War Walkers, you know, oh, minus one to wound. Great. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like it's not, like, and it's not even like uh, like the Lehman Rust data sheet. You like look at that, and you're like, mm, okay, you know. But like every single Eldar data sheet has like some crazy ability on it. So that that's yeah. probably that's probably that's probably kind of the problem is there's there's like not any like okay this is a, a cool dash sheet nothing crazy but everyone every elder one's like check out this crazy shit check out this crazy shit check out this crazy shit I mean I still don't think the avatar is crazy I think he is the same as what he is now uh, yeah and I haven't gone and confirmed but from what I I read in various discords somebody said like if you were to do the the Eldar army that was done on stream and added his points up, it was like 2,200 and change of ninth edition points. So that means it got cheaper. They said the demon army on stream was like 20, 2,400 ish points. So that got cheaper. <laughs> and somebody did, there was a, 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 a leak a while back with point points for demons. And somebody said, if you were to use that to add the points, what was used, it was, it was accurate. So, oh. yeah. So, I didn't go verify that, but that's what that's what I saw multiple people talking about. So, so it looks like certain things, and I think I think one of the, uh, I think characters got cheaper. It's kind of one of the, if the if if that demon thing was true, characters got cheaper. Uh, like the big chickens are pretty damn cheap. Uh, but didn't the, it uh, say something really ridiculous like less than three hundred points or something like that? Less yeah, but you look at the chickens; they don't really do anything. Like Karos has got a couple meh abilities, and then he's got a like an indirect gun yeah, that does these things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the other thing too is like there's the, that's what blows my mind the most so far this edition is like they're adding more indirect in the game. Uh, yeah, there's there's it's like they totally forgot all the problems indirect and ninth. Yeah, they need to switch it back in. to you know five ups, and then you get. It's minus one AP, so you can still get your cover and stuff like that. Yeah. You ready for them purgators, baby? Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, demons demons have the big birds that do indirect, or Karos, and they have uh, the soul grinder has indirect, too. So, like, just just random shit is getting indirect, so. I don't yeah, know. because nothing's going to be able to shoot anything. Uh, nothing's going to be able to sit fully in terrain. I mean, yeah. just imagine how shitty this is now. Because actually, because adrenaline's like, hey, to shoot, I have to move in, but to move around, I got to go around. You're either like you're literally wasting turns in so many spots or time in so many spots and movement. Yeah, I haven't watched the Twitch stream to see like how the movement felt, but just just with the fly changes, I feel like it's gonna just feel like like fly is still definitely stronger than not fly, but it's definitely uh, a lot weaker than what infantry is just the strongest. Yeah, infantry is the best. Well, yeah, fly team. infantry, I should say. I mean, that's just, unfortunately, I don't like it. Okay, we're st that's still what it is kind of right now, in my yeah. opinion, but. Yeah. Don't know. It's going to be, it'll be very interesting. Like, honestly, I want to, I, I want Tent to be out in time for Buggy just so I can ban Eldar and give people a finger. <laughs> but then the other, the other side of me just says, I really don't want to deal with it. Uh, I don't want to be one of the first ones to deal with it. So I'd rather have Sean do that. Yeah, I'm fine playing either one. I mean, I don't really care, to be honest. Yeah. 
So I, that's where we'll, we'll see. I'm, if it's if it's all the stuff's available at that point, there's no reason to play play ninth anymore. So, but Tim's supposed to be putting up the announcement later today, so people should should see that on our. How many uh, how many drops you can get? I don't know. We got we we have one guy who uh, one of our local Eldar players who has been extremely excited asking if we were playing tenth, and then I. Uh, I told him, I said, yeah, if we do 10th, I'm banning Eldar, and he got real quiet. So, yeah. Well, it's the thing, yeah. like, I have a buddy that he only owns an Eldar army, that's all he ever plays, so it's like... Well, time to get another faction. Right. That's, that's what I told him, I said, time to pay him some other shit. John, are you going to bug here? <laughs> uh, I am not, no. I am uh, currently in line for promotion, so I don't know... Ooh. When that's all triggering and what's all expected at this point, so sexual flavors. That's, yeah, that's sexual flavors. every weekend. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hey, Sean, can... can you close that door behind you when you come in here? <laughs> yeah, just lock it too. Thanks. <laughs> oh, hey, so you dropped a pencil. Can you be never pick that up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I wanted to go to Bug Eater, but it's tenth uh, edition launch day, so I gotta be in the store. Dealing, dealing with the unwashed masses. So, dude, I decided we're gonna we're gonna have a barbecue at the store that day. So I got someone to talk to today about. He's gonna smoke some brisket. We're gonna do some hot dogs and, and burgers, and hopefully everybody's cracking open their kits and building models that day. So that's kind of what we're doing at the store, which I'm looking forward to. No worries. Sucks I got Miss Buggy to do. It's all good. This year's a uh, weird timing with everything. It is. It really is. I'm just glad, though, that, like, other GTs get to go through the the growing pains of figuring shit out before Monkey. Because so, by the time, like, Monkey rolls around, we'll kind of have an idea of, like, how fucked up some things are. So we could probably make a yeah. little bit more educated decisions. <laughs> so I mean, I'm, I have a good idea. I'll, I'll know what's fucked up before Show Me's is Is WTC yeah. before or after Monkey? I'm mm. not sure. M- Monkey's the end of September, so... Because they'll have, because cause they'll, because he's, because I did talk to the, you know, the head judge at GW, and he says he's going to write a big, he's writing, or maybe in the process of writing an FAQ currently, I think, or maybe they're, they are writing, I don't know, but they'll have, they'll have something for the WTC that, that will probably translate in some form or fashion. The WTC stuff, though, is, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's just going to be a FAQ. It's not going to be any fixes, so... It's uh, June eighth or August eighth. Okay, I mean, I mean, at least they might have like an if, if GW doesn't address something, they might have a you know a more elegant way to address Eldar to make them still be usable in case they don't address them before. Then yeah, they they don't have to worry about it because they're doing teams, so only one out of eight people can play that shit. So <laughs> that's their that's what they that's what they worry about. Yeah. Picture mm-hmm. Dan being like, just let the salt flow through you. Yeah, somebody's got to. That's true. All right, guys. Uh, if you have not, uh, we're probably going to call it a night there. Go get your tickets for Flying Monkey. Speaking of Flying Monkey, www.flyingmonkeycon.com. Also, if you're wanting t shirts this year, uh, go there and order your t shirts also because they'll be ready for you to pick up the con. I know every year we have people asking us about t-shirts. Every year we kind of get the ball dropped, but this year we're actually on it as far as t-shirts go. So 
if uh, if you want to get a t-shirt, you want to get your ticket, we'll get a Marvel Crisis Protocol Friday night. Uh, we got other games going on, some Blood Bowl, some uh, Age of Sigmar. So whatever it is, there's probably something going on. We're going to have some vendors, some vendor booths there this year, so it'll be a little bit more of a con atmosphere, and there's stuff to go do when you're in between games or, or drinking, as Scott does. So don't get caught by Patty. But <laughs> I'll try not to. Patty, if you're listening, I apologize if you catch me. Yeah, so, but again, uh, Fly Monkey Con, last week in September, uh, September, I think, 24th, 25th, uh, Uh Dan, Bug Eater, if someone wants to go, tell me about it. Yep, uh, June 24th, 25th, BugEaterGames.com. We still got tickets available. Like I said, if all the information is out by the 16th, we will do 10th. Otherwise, it'll still be 9th. Yeah. Dilly Dilly, show me showdown. Yeah, Show Me Showdown. Uh, you can go to showmeshowdown at gt.com to purchase tickets. It's uh, July 14th and 16th. Right, Three-day event. Uh, eight rounds. Tenth edition. Uh, let me answer all your questions and let me get them wrong. I heard uh, you changed the name. To the Eldar Showdown. Oh, the Eldar Showdown. Stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty too hottie. What you got for uh, you got Bidmo coming up, right? Thinking about teams. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's uh, early November, and then um, tell your homies you love them. Tell your homies you love them. Good advice. Have fun. Uh, enjoy enjoy your people. You don't know when tomorrow's not promised to anybody. So, um, also uh, shout out to Snarky Sings for sponsoring the podcast and Missy Mountain Gaming Dice. Uh, I'll post up some discounts. Uh, if you order from them, you're helping the podcast as well. And you guys have been doing so, so we appreciate it. And as Jason Horn would say, die safely. And uh, Dan can't have no other ticket. Game over, man! It's game over! <laughs>